0: relive your favorite era of wrestling with new gen on a mission wrestling war zone extreme three-way dance or the ruthlessly aggressive podcast keep in touch with the modern era with gc dub clotheslines and headlines you know what that means and viewers choice or sit down and nerd out with no holds barred wwe war or the wrestler that was it's summertime and the living is easy because you've got the North-South Connection. NorthSouthConnection.com.
1: connection podcast network listeners welcome inside the wrestling war zone a Monday wars podcast series retrospective i am jt and joining me as eva is my partner chad chad how are you
0: doing good excited to dive into a new year
1: here on mm. the podcast finally i feel like been... did we look it up exactly when we started 1996 it had to be like 2019
0: right? oh yeah least... No. yeah probably even before then i was would... now yeah probably 2019 yeah.
1: All right. So probably about four-ish years we were in 1996. So mm-hmm. uh, it's a whole presidential term, really, that we're, we spent uh, 96 and now we'll kick off 1997 tonight. Really excited to do that with you all. Hopefully you enjoyed Starcade. Hopefully you enjoyed the 1996 year in review and the fallout. And now, again, we're going to pick up what I... Proclaimed to be my favorite year of the Monday Night Wars, and we'll see if that holds up. Because I think both Nitro and Raw get to be super fun very soon. So we'll dive into all that here. But uh, Chad, what's going on personally? Anything we want to cover here?
0: Yeah, uh, just got back. We've, we've had a lot of Disney discussion on this podcast, oddly enough. Uh, just got back from my first solo trip. Very quick romp down there. Uh, became an annual pass holder about a month ago, so... That provided the opportunity so i went uh friday i worked i worked uh four tens last week so i was able to go down friday come back sunday and interesting trip had a lot of fun uh a little bit of an adventure so friday and saturday was pretty normal saturday though i showed you i ended up at twenty seven thousand steps which was a lot so so i made the mistake of You've rode the Remy ride at Epcot, right? Like it's, it's pretty cool. It's just in the wrong. I mean, it takes forever to get over there. Mm -hmm.
1: It always seems like the, the world showcase in your mind feels a lot shorter than it is. Like, there's a lot of times where I'm like, all right, I'm going to leave you here, like in Mexico and run to Germany and like grab something. I'll meet you back over here. And like an hour goes by by the time you accomplish that. It's like, it's a lot, it's a haul. Like, I remember when I ordered, I wanted to get my brat that I always get in my grapefruit beer. Um, And I didn't realize like that place closed at eight or whatever. We were getting off Soarin' and I ordered them on the app to pick up at eight and I've never moved faster at Disney. I don't think that I did run it. I mean, that was a friggin' haul to get from Soarin' to Germany. Like that's a, that's a trek.
0: So, so like I, I did Magic Kingdom hard that morning. Park hopped over to Epcot, did the same mistake. I was like, oh, I'll just, you know, I'll go around World Showcase, eat some of the Flower and Garden stuff, whatever, do Remy. Because I actually, I I, uh, I got Genie Plus this day. So I had a, had a lightning lane for Remy. Did that. My plan actually was to go back to Magic Kingdom, like, later that night and do, like, Big Thunder and Peter Pan and stuff like mm-hmm. that. After Remy... I was cooked. It was like eight o'clock. I was done, man. So I walked, and I um, I, but I'd parked at Magic Kingdom at the oh TTC, the Ticket and Transportation Center. So then, you know, after Remy, I had to, I had to get uh, all the way back to the front of the park to the monorail, take the monorail to Magic Kingdom to TTC. And then they're running the trams but they're only stopping at two spots.
1: Could you have taken the Skyliner? Or was that closed at
0: that point? Skyliner goes only to Hollywood Studios. Oh.
1: Huh. Cuz I was saying so, I was like, trying to think of like cuz what I've done before in the back of the is go out the back of the park. And if you go to Boardwalk, um you yeah. can catch an Uber from there. So that could have been an option for you. you could have, have done like that. Walking.
0: I was uh i was yeah i might i was thinking like i might could have done a skyliner and then actually could have taken like a bus right Do magic kingdom but then i had to walk from the bus stop to monorail i don't know it was anything so regardless i get home i get to the hotel room i have huge blisters on my foot right like it's nasty so I, i'm in pain and some like calf soreness so I had to wake up to use the bathroom in the middle of the night. And I was like a 90-year-old grandfather. <laughs> I literally thought I was going to fall when I stood up. <laughs> so Sunday, because uh, that was also the first time I rode Guardians of the Galaxy, which mm-hmm. I loved it. Like an amazing, amazing, amazing ride. And that was what I did right before Remy. So I think I blamed yeah, hall. Was was yeah. like a the Well, I was on the high, too, though. Right, like, right. This adrenaline spike, this like second wind. And I was like, all right, I'll just go to Remy. You know, I'll grab me a drink over on the way over, whatever snack. Yeah, huge mistake. So Sunday, I did want to ride Guardians again. So I go to Epcot. Everything's working out good. I go on Soaring first because it was a walk on. I leave my hat in the underneath bin thing. Luckily, I did Living with the Land right after Soaring. So I was able to walk right over and get my hat. Then I do test track, single rider test track, able to go right through. I go through the line again for single rider test track. I reach in my pocket. I realize I don't have my car keys. I lost them somewhere. So, I asked them at test track. This is, this is like Criscolo-esque. This, is, this was definitely a Criscolo moment where I ask them at test track. They pull out the bid. There's like <laughs> Thirty so thousand pairs of keys is and all sorts of <coughs> stuff with no keys. So then I have to create a lost and found ticket. So I do that. I go to guest relations, um, and it was just a disaster the rest of that day because they were like, "Well, you know, anything real valuable like jewelry, keys, uh-huh. etc., we will take it here." Right, like it won't be at the ride. They'll bring it to the rides. So when I went to guest relations, he was like, "Well, we haven't got it from a ride yet." And I was like, "Well, I was just a test track, and they said they didn't have it. I've only done soaring and that, so maybe it fell off at soaring." So I walk back over to soaring. This is like one o'clock. I walk back over to soaring and say, "Like, do you have a keys?" They say, "Oh." Somebody just left to take the band (laughs) of stuff to guest relations. So we probably crossed each other in the park. I go back to guest relations. (laughs) Nope, no dice. They actually they they punked me. They said, "Oh, you did get a pair of keys coming in." It comes back. It's like, you know, I mean, I don't want to be presumptuous, but it was like a pink. Mm-hmm. So right. It was very. It's that a could very. Have been
1: your wife's keys you were carrying around, or your okay. girlfriend, or something. It was yeah. my
0: keys, though. Uh, you know, whatever. So then, I, but then the thought got in my head. I said, "Well, I know I for sure didn't have them at test track, but there's possibility I locked these things in the car, All right. And the key fob. Just Did you check on top of the car?" That's what I actually did. I was like, because <laughs> I, I had to put my drink and stuff, you know, I was getting ready yeah, yeah. for the day. I was like, did I just put them on top of the car? You know, whatever. So I walked to the parking lot. No, they're not there. So now it's like 1.30. My feet are killing me. I don't want to walk. So what do I do, though? Because they're like, well, we'll hang around and whatever. And I basically told them, I was like, well, like, I can hang out till four. But, you know, if at four o'clock, we're going to have to figure something out. You know, call, <laughs> right, you yeah. know, like somebody's going to have to make a key. You know, something's going to have to go because I got to get home tonight. Uh, my youngest son graduated kindergarten yesterday, which was Monday. Um, so I didn't want to do nothing but stay in that park and i didn't want to like rewire spaceship Earth or whatever so i was like well i'll just i'll just ride the monorail and park hop over to magic kingdom and ride the train because that's right there right as you go in not much walking right so that works out good i ride the monorail over get on the train i'm in between Main Street USA station and the Frontierland station. I get an email that says, "We believe your keys have been found."
1: It's like uh, when you have to come identify someone at the morgue. The, the way they fra- we we believe we may have that's the body. what they
0: said. They said it literally said like <laughs> we may have found your eyes. I was like, okay. It'd be nice if they could like. Is I mean, a I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, a picture or something. It was right. like, they could have attached a picture. Yeah. It's like, y'all have already said you found one pair of keys and it was not them. <laughs> so my trip to the Magic Kingdom literally evolved me riding the train one loop around and then getting out. I was at the Magic Kingdom for 25 minutes and I rode the train. <laughs> I hop right back on the monorail, go back to Epcot to Guest Relations. They are my keys. Uh, drive. Should have been seven hours straight home. I had traffic, so <laughs> it ended up being about eight, eight and a half hours. Finally got home about eleven thirty that night. But, That's a um, haul. That's a long it, day. It was it was an adventurous day. I actually <laughs> felt pretty good though afterwards. Like I don't know, like a dri- driving distances isn't that bad now. Like you have so much stuff. Like I yeah. have books on tape, I have podcasts, I have, you know music. There's there's so much like it feels like there's so much more involved than what used to that could keep you occupied um, yeah and plus it's, to it me, was, it's the it traffic was always, that'll get me but
1: if you can go kind of traffic the road, was rough. Okay.
0: Yeah. I mean Orlando like come on like this interstate 4 traffic they I mean this construction they've done for 5 years it, there's nothing to show for it I don't I don't know what's right. going on there it's like but, Boston but, yeah <laughs> Shit show. But it was fun. I ended up doing like 20,000 steps that Sunday, just going go. like, back and forth. I, di- I didn't even, m- I didn't leave like future world of Epcot and uh, getting to the train station at Magic Kingdom. <laughs> C- so I didn't feel like I went anywhere. I just right. kept zigzagging. Going back and forth. Yeah. But.
1: The, uh, yeah, that's, that's a lot of walking. So good. You get some exercise anyway. Got to move around. To, and it was worth. It was
0: brutally hot too. So yeah. I was downing. I've not had a regular coat since January, and uh, oh, I, I broke down. It was it was a bad <laughs> it was a bad breakdown where I you earned it.
1: Food. You 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 <laughs> burned more than that. You earned it. <laughs> it was bad. It was worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a haul. Well, I'm glad you made it back at one piece. Back in one piece. It would have been tough to lose here before we start 97, you know? <laughs> we came this far. Oh, Dies, in <laughs> Dies in Disney. Dies in Disney. Yeah. So, I mean, my story is not as intense as that, I guess. Um, <laughs> but we had a little uh, birthday gathering for one of the girls on my daughter's softball team after their first night of the tournament a couple uh last weekend and it was just like at a at a bar or whatever. So it was at a restaurant that has like a side that's a bar. So they put us over there because we had like it's probably like 25 people when you like families and kids and everything. And it's all open long tables. We ordered like pizzas or whatever. And then they have a bar, they have a pool table. And apparently they do live music. So as we're sitting there, it's probably like whatever 6 30, 7 o'clock, they're setting up like a microphone stand uh speaker so you're okay like cool maybe some live music comes in in comes this guy like you would think he's a zz top cover band guy he's got the big beard he's got the glasses the hat like the leather jacket right so you are thinking, all right this guy's coming to rock <laughs> he wheels in a fucking piano yeah. like a standing piano into the bar like nice. Yeah. Straight out of the Haunted Mansion piano, like that right, kind. Right, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And just like wheels it, he sets it up. They're set up for like, it had to be 40 minutes, 45 minutes, they're up there setting up. So it ends up being a female singer, piano man, and then a dude, a young guy with a guitar. Um, And now like all the kids, like the kids are kind of getting done. We had to get up early for the next day of the tournament. And I'm like, we're dying to find out what the, I'm like, I need to know the opening song of this friggin' act, what it's going to be. <laughs> um, So they start to fire up. We're like, oh, finally, they're going to play. It was like eight ten or whatever and it ends up being the sound check and he's kinda of messing around. He's doing um uh some who or whatever on there so I, I think he's doing uh I think he was doing Bob O'Reilly. Uh so he's playing that and we're like but he's not really playing it he's just kinda of, so I don't like I don't count that as a first song. That's a sound check song. He's like, oh we're gonna be starting around eight thirty and now it's like eight twelve like these kids aren't gonna last another twenty minutes. So everyone left. We'll never know what this opening song was. It's gonna drive me fucking insane. Um my prediction was something Skinnered because it seemed like maybe Sweet Home Alabama with the piano because the way he looked, the look um or maybe Freebird, I was thinking a little bit um but I don't know what else I'm not like I was kind of trying to well, the who I guess makes sense maybe it was gonna be maybe it was gonna be Bob O'Reilly would be the opener.
0: you know? don't think like Elton John, no, they didn't know because
1: they had the woman singing and the guy on the guitar, so like you know,
0: what about Fleetwood Mac?
1: Yeah, that's what one of the other guys there said. They would think if Fleetwood Mac was his prediction, I it's could see what it that. was probably. Yeah, yeah. well, I got to find a set list
0: it, for this. Band. I say you should have looked him up. And uh... I'll say I think I have to look up
1: the restaurant, see if they were advertising who they were. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah. Anyway, like I said, not as a. Uh... Not as hot of a story, but it was, it made me laugh thinking of the guy wheeling in because it was pouring. It was torrential that night. And I'm like, this guy must, he must pull around a trailer, right? And it, like, probably, an yeah, I,
0: I was, I'd be interested in looking at the transportation situation. It was a good size
1: yeah. piano. Like, it wasn't like, why did it use a fucking keyboard? Like, it's not like it's, um, I mean, it's just like a restaurant with a little bar on the yeah, side. I mean, it's not like it's a big Dick gig, you know what I mean? Right, right. Like he probably could have played the same stuff on the keyboard
0: and, and yeah. saved himself a little, a little Casio or whatever. You know? Yeah,
1: but I mean, he he was rolling in that baby grand, <laughs> <laughs> coming through the coming through the bar. Jesus. Damn man! Saturday night, fucking bopping <laughs> at the old theater diner. Nice. Anyway, all right. Well, we haven't caught up in a while, so hopefully, everyone nice. enjoyed that. Uh, why don't we go ahead and dive into the action? Uh, like we said, we're starting off 1997. Any Meltzer notes you want to hit before we get oh, into it? Oh
0: God, this is a this is a juicy Meltzer because it's Ooh. the it's the uh, it's the year-end award oh, issue. I'm sorry, I feel like we haven't had a good Meltzer in a while. Yeah, this one's a big one. So we'll we'll just go over the big categories: uh, wrestler of the year, which involves like you know box office and work oh. rate everything. Number one, Kenta Kabashi. Number two, Shawn Michaels. Number three, Masawa. Four, Manami Toyota. Five, Rey Mysterio Jr. Hmm. Uh, you surprised, Shawn? Uh, not for that one. Um, Most Outstanding Wrestler. I think this one kind of makes sense. So, you have Rey Mysterio wins it. mm huh Manami Toyota 2, Kenta Kibashi, 3, Crispin Wa 4, Shinjiro Tani 5, Shawn Michaels 6, Masawa 7, which that kind of hurt me a little bit. Michaels will hit as Masawa. Uh, D Malenko 8, Ultimo Set Dragon. That was
1: big PWI win the next yeah. year.
0: Was actually, I thought about Ultimo Dragon 9 and Toshiaki Kawada number 10. So, no, no huge problems there. This one I found a little surprising best baby face. So, this is worldwide, uh-huh. but you know, it's probably gonna skew US. Shawn Michaels ran away with it. Uh-huh. He had 205 first place votes for 1,400 points. Brett Hart's number two with 87 first place votes and 827 points. So
1: that Sean run was held in way more regard in the moment. Like I think aging, as we've seen, some of it doesn't hold up. But I think in the moment, like it was like, oh, wow, this is like a WWF pushing a smaller athletic guy that's kind of being presented as a pure baby face that's having these great pay-per-view matches and he had a whole year. Like, I think that's kind of how they looked at it at the time. So it really, I think in the moment held up, it, not, it doesn't hold up now, but in the moment, like it, it, that run was held up as legendary.
0: There's Sandman's fifth, Undertaker's fourth. There's nobody from WCW in the top 10. Sting is 12th. And uh, then and you, you missed got, that like, chunk and you got Ric Flair. Kinda... Gonna be, is Hogan even on there? No, Randy yeah. Savage, no Luger either. Um, best heel. What's your prediction for that?
1: Is it North America again?
0: Yeah, I mean, any so with these like promos carry a big part. So more than likely, is it Hogan? Austin. Oh, one hundred fifty-seven. Wow. Nice. Okay, player. I like it. Eleven eighty-six. Uh, Shane D- uh, Chono's number two. Shane Douglas, number three, Hogan, number four, Taz, number five, Mankind, six, seven, Kevin Nash, eight, Yoji Anjo, nine, Raven, and ten, Ric Flair, honorable mention, Brian Pillman, and Scott Hall. That's a strong year for heels. Yeah, big year you for know? heels. Yep. Uh, let's see, feud of the year. Um, some g- great candidates here, too. Number one was WCW versus NWO. Yeah. Number two, Taker versus Mankind. Number right three, uh, no, I'm interested that coming up on that, but um, you'll be interested in that. Three is New Japan versus UWFI. Four is Raven versus Sandman. So again, like ECW places pretty well. Well, like, you got to figure that's yeah. their fan base.
1: It, it's very hardcore. They're dialed into the... The Observer probably more so than other most of the other fan bases. Um, so you would think that they're probably
0: pushing it. I'd say yes and no, though. Like, it's almost like how Game Changer is now. You know, like I mean, right. Game Changer is not taught now weekly on the Observer. I mean, like yeah, Dave's- but everyone's
1: on the net. Like back then, you're gonna like the pool was smaller. Yeah, of but these really observers
0: like- and there's not a lot of. Re- I mean, like Dave's talking about the first pay per view. But it's well, no, he's like, not. But the reader, these are reader votes, right? Yeah,
1: I'm saying the readership is likely
0: skewing more likely to read the observer. I think they were very tastemaker ish, though. Towards, I, I think there's a greater gateway towards Japan and Mexico than ECW from observer readerships, though. I think like message boards like RSPW and stuff like that were better. Like gateways for, but I mean, maybe they're doing good. Savage versus Flairs five, uh, Santo versus Negro Casas is six. Mysterio versus Malenko seven. Tommy Dreamer versus Brian Lee is number eight. Uh, Sabu versus Rob Van Dam nine. Rey Mysterio Jr. versus Psychosis is ten. Uh, Steve Austin, Bret Hart, not even an honorable mention. They have sixteen listed not yeah i mean
1: so when does he start taking votes of these is it a little bit earlier in the year uh yeah
0: it actually it runs i think it runs like december 1st through november 30th yeah so hard austin i mean really it was only
1: like i I mean two two months old yeah i mean so i I could see it not yet being to that level i mean i'm sure it's going to be finishing very high (laughs) 97 i would say yeah
0: Tag Team of the Year, uh, a bunch of Japanese teams or Japanese-centric teams. The Eliminators are number two.
1: Yeah, I mean, they had a great year in 96. Uh, I would say that's definitely there.
0: Crawford and Furnace are number five. Harlem Heat is the first WCW Tag Team at number eight. And Owen Hart and Davey sneak in at number 10, which is a little odd because they hadn't really teamed up. Yeah, only had
1: two months, really. Uh, well, they did a lot of Camp Cornette teaming, like six mans and stuff. So I guess in a way they were kind of teaming. Um, I think WCW's tag division, we've kind of talked about it. Like to me, it was like no standout teams. And all year was more like the sum, you know, or the whole, whatever the fuck they're saying is. The, the whole, the sum is better than the Barts, whatever. Yeah. Um, like all of them working together weekly made for an exciting division, but I didn't think any team was like standout in that division. So I think it makes sense that they didn't rate highly because they were all just kind of very good. And, you know, we're really good on TV every week because we get to see a mix of them.
0: I think we'll have some problems with some of the people most improved top four. I'm fine with DDP wins yeah, and a yeah. landslide. He gets more than double number two, which He's is going to be up there, be there next year Goku. too. I think. Um June is number three, Steve is number four, number five, Mark Marrow. Most oh, improved.
1: I would was say he... most disimproved. Yeah. <laughs> he,
0: he was better in WCW 95 yeah. by far. I mean, actually, for what the observer is, i most overrated. He he should be that because it's also based on your push. And yeah, yeah, like
1: 95. He had the DDP stuff was pretty good. He had the Pillman match. Like, there's way more in 95 that I like. But he did,
0: then yep. 96. Yep. Uh, Eugene Nagata, six. Robin Dam, seven. Marcus Bagwell, eight. Halloween, nine. Otani, 10. Honorable mention. Hunter Hurst Hemsley sneaks in at the very bottom there. Uh, most unimproved. Hulk Hogan, <laughs> number one. <laughs> How Major. can you say that, though? He improved throughout the year big know, time. If I anything, know. that might be the mo- the biggest improvement, as well. I know. I mean, April it, to this July. Is, this is what we talked about a little yeah, bit yeah. in the year end that, like, you really see uh, definitely how like work rate driven stuff was back then. Like it right, was right. insane. Yeah, so yeah. Hogan's one, Vader's two, Savage is three, Sid's four, Luger is five, most unimproved, which is crazy. Scott Hall six, Flair seven, Barry. well this is ridiculous. Barry Wyndham's eight. Stan yeah, Hansen. That <laughs> was, was okay.
1: <laughs> it's a stupid category though, because it's like, are you really expecting Barry Windham to fucking improve in nineteen, you know, improve in nineteen ninety six? Like, what's he? Right. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I to me that's like maybe just put like worst or something. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. It just feels like. Anyway,
0: all right. Best on interviews. Well, let me get your guess who you think won that. Austin. Yep. Okay. Austin won. Uh give me a guess for number two. It's US? Of, who?
1: It's in the US.
0: Yeah, this is all US.
1: All right. Um I mean, I feel like it should be Hogan, but it's probably not. The way you said it makes me think it's someone that you wouldn't think. Um I mean I think Flair could be up there. It's Flair.
0: Okay. Flair's number three. Sean number two is Shane Douglas.
1: Oh, all right. I think that's fitting. I mean, he was really good in '96. He's been yep. good in '96, '97.
0: Honestly, yeah. Four is Arne Anderson. Five is Bret Hart. six is Mankind. Seven, Stevie Richards. Uh, eight is one. I mean, I kind of disagree with Stevie. Eight is one. I disagree with Jim Jim Cornette. Nines, Kevin <laughs> Nash. Tens Roddy Piper. Honorable mention. Sean. This this again shows like Shawn Michaels is the first honorable mention. Yeah. 166 points. Hulk Hogan's right behind him at 128 points. I mean, to me, in no world. Right, Sean of like, Yeah. Overall. I mean, he's just not. Brian Pillman's after both of them. And, you know, you can make a case. He's in the so it's it's just all over. Most charismatic. Shawn Michaels runs away with it. Flair's up there. No surprise there. Uh best technical wrestler, Malinko Benoit, one and two, Regal four. So no big surprise there. <laughs> Russo Brody, of course, Mankind, Tommy Dreamer, number two, Gangsters, number three, Sandman, number four, Terry Funk number five, Raven, number six. All BCW. <laughs> World Queen, <laughs> Kanemura, number seven, Dave Finley, eight, Sabu, nine, Aja Kong, ten, Tank Abbott, your first <laughs> honorable mention. <laughs> Pretty nice. uh, yeah, best flying wrestler, Rey Mysterio won that one. Uh, going away with it. Let's see. Most overrated. Of course. Hogan. Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Number one. Number two. Psycho Sid. Number three. Lex Luger. Four. Randy Savage. Five. Shawn Michaels. Six. Ultimate Warrior. Seven. Ahmed Johnson. Eight. Kevin Nash. Nine. Sabu. Ten. Undertaker.
1: That's like the hit list of the Scott Keith blog. <laughs> for, yeah. For the next four years. Pretty Oh, much.
0: God. Most underrated. I never in a million years would have guessed this guy who would have won it. <laughs> Leaf Cassidy, Andy Darling, points, yeah. Oh, uh, Chris Candido, number two, Psychosis, three, Hoovy, four, Jericho, five, Regal, six, eighty-seven. Eighty, seven. good. This is pretty interesting. Breast promotion uh one's new japan two's all japan three is ecw i was gonna say
1: ecw yeah i'm and telling you that fan base was dialed in for, maybe it was just the awards maybe they friggin i don't know may Rocco away okay, and i say it wouldn't shock me if ecw did a campaign that like pushed people to vote for this stuff or whatever i mean wasn't shane was like a good melzer guy too wasn't he Man, That's why he keeps popping up on all this maybe. stuff wasn't he like a i mean we know pillman Not, was but right um Heyman, Heyman was too, i
0: mean was. So in this best promotion, ECW got 141 first place votes. is number four; it got 42. So over a hundred more first. Well, places. I mean, I think
1: ECW was more consistent throughout the year. I would say for '96, like WCW's. We talked about at The beginning quadrant was rough, and if this doesn't count, the last couple months or a month and a half, I mean. WCW should be number one, but, like, I can see, like, I don't think it's, like, that crazy. I mean, ECW 96 is pretty good start to finish.
0: Yeah. Uh, Five's Menchinoka Pro, six, WWF. Best weekly television show, Extreme Championship Wrestling. Run away with it. Uh, Well, actually, didn't run away with it. Ran away with it in North America. Only beat New Japan's Pro Wrestling by two points. (laughs) kind of weird all japan three Nitros four raws five there's not as big a gap between those two as i would think
1: like nitro
0: had 934 points raw had 620 points
1: yeah i mean russian even been in contention
0: yeah i mean that's i don't know it's just crazy uh match of the year this is i think one of the honestly like probably weaker matches it's still i mean it's a really great match but it's not the match of the year. It's uh, Masawa and Akiyama versus Steve Williams and Johnny Ace from June 7th. Hey! And And um, number two is actually Ray versus Hoovy from ECW, March the 9th. I
1: think it was really good, but that's the second match of the year.
0: Yeah, that that's one's really Shawn of Mankind. Of the year. Uh, number five, the Iron Man match. Number six is Ray versus Psychosis, Batch at the Beach. Number seven's Brett versus Austin from Survivor Series. Number eight's Good Friends, Better Enemies main event. Um, and then uh, Shawn Michaels versus Mankind from Mind Games is the first honorable mention. Number eleven.
1: That's crazy to me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Only because we think it's ahead of it. Like I know Ray Psychosis, or was it Ray? It was Ray Hoovey? Oh, uh, race psychosis. Yeah, was the ECW one? Oh, For Ray UB. versus yeah. Hoovy. Yep. Like right. I know that was it was like it was pretty ins- whatever. At yeah. the time, it was unique and stood out. So I get it, but I didn't think it's... it like I thought it was really good, but I didn't think any of that stuff held up as like all time classics. Are we you watching? It yeah, probably. this
0: is one of these weird years where looking at this, uh, well the the big um, Mishinoku Pro tag from Ten Ten these days is number three. Um I mean there's like I don't think any of the matches are bad in the top ten, but right. the, the timeline's a little weird too because I mean the best match of nineteen ninety-six happens on December sixth. It's uh all Japan World World Tag League final. It's probably one of the ten best matches of all time, but outside but of it didn't the make points, the cutoff. Yeah, it did make the cutoff. Rookie of the year, giant, obviously. Yeah, easy. Uh, rocks number three.
1: Not bad for it. I mean, was he around for a month? <laughs> Not even. I mean
0: Yeah, well, I guess they're including you know. Flex Cavana too. Mongo baby, number nine. Yeah. <laughs> uh let's get down. Jim manager of the year, Jim Cornette, Sonny, Miss Janet, Bill, Alfonso, Fred Francine, Scott Bowden, Woman. Cornette Ed was GLC. number one. Oh yeah. Easy. Yeah.
1: I would have, I mean, I would have had Fonzie above him,
0: honestly. <laughs> Uh best television announcer. I bet you can guess who won this one. Uh Joey Styles. That's correct. Joey Styles. Uh you want to give a guess for number two? Tanae? Nope. He's number three. Number two, Jim Ross. Not even close. No. Uh, but it's all the Melzer guys. Like. Yeah. I mean this. W C W really is getting screwed. Number yes. six is Vance.
1: And, <laughs> right.
0: and number seven is Tony Schiavone. I mean again I in mean, what Tony world, should be number one. I mean Tony should world be number one. Is, is Vance better than
1: Tony? No, Tony should be one. I mean, for this year, I'd probably put Styles too. Like, I think that's fine. Like, he's
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, I, I, that'd be my top two. And then if you want to put 10 A three, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wouldn't have a WDF guy in the top, whatever. Like I'd put Larry, I think, above of, like, Jr. I think, easily. Yeah. Um, Vince would probably be my top WF year, guy. Number I would say, five. Yeah, I'd say Vince would be my top WF guy for 96. I'd put him above Ross, Uh so. What about
0: K.K.? He's number eight.
1: Yeah, that's fine. I okay. mean, he doesn't do a lot. You know, he only does a little bit of Raw.
0: Right. A worse television announcer. You want to give him a guess? Gorilla Monsoon. Is? Didn't he win
1: every year? <laughs> King. It's got to be King.
0: Nope. Bobby? Not even in the top 10. King's not top 10? uh nope.
1: Well, he was alright in 96, I guess. Oh, he, um, wasn't. he wasn't that good. Yeah, but he, I guess he wasn't. Bobby's number 6. Gets. Dusty
0: Rhodes. Good. Oh, fuck that. Right. Let's wrap this up. Landslide. Eric Bischoff number 2. Lee Marshall eh, right. number 3. <laughs> Vince, number four, Corey Macklin number five, Bobby six, Lord Al seven. Is Shibani. he even around
1: anymore? Lord Al. <laughs> What's
0: he doing? <laughs> International <laughs> challenge? I mean, what the hell? <laughs> what was he even commentating? He got 18 first place votes. Uh, Shivani's number eight. Mr. Perfect, number nine, Todd Petgill number ten. Oh, poor Todd. Uh, best major card, great American bash. Was number two. WrestleMania 12 is the top WWF show at number seven. Um, it's Bash at the Beach is number eight, which again is just ridiculous. Uh, worst major card, uncensored, slamboree, no problem really there. Um, I'm shocked. Number three is World War Three. Yeah, I mean, we like that. Oh, yeah, and know. number four is Hog Wild. Like, both yeah, of those shows cool. are. Good.
1: The only and, thing you could say is hog wild is if you were really down on the crowd.
0: And Halloween Havocs, number eight, super brawl, which was bad's number nine, but those that's... should be top
1: three. Super Brawl, uncensored, and uh Slamboree. Well, probably. I'd,
0: I'd probably put Beware Dogs. And beware though. dog, yeah. Oh, oh no, never mind. I saw in your house four, but it's 428. I was like, wait a minute, that should <laughs> definitely be number one, but that's Um Wrestling Maneuver, who cares? most disgusting promotional tactic. WWF tease and usage of Razor, Ramon and Diesel. New Razor, Ramon and Diesel. That's, I
1: can't believe that Pillman and the Gun didn't win. That's number three. Number right,
0: two is nice. WCW Gene Oakland 900 line teases and lies. I can see that. <laughs> number four is WCW usage of racist characters like Sonny Ono. They don't no.
1: have uh what's it called? Raven and um. Number Sandman? five,
0: ECW crucifixion. Yeah, all right. I was gonna ankle. say. Number six, <clears throat>
1: Tyler Fullington, or is that ninety-seven?
0: Uh, number six, Jose Lothario heart attack. Yeah. Number seven, Tyler Fullington. Number eight, Billionaire Ted. Remember that. Number nine, Michael's dieta ankle, and number ten. Uh, that's some good choices. <laughs> number ten was WCW advertising Pillman and uncensored best color commentary.
1: Is that like a single occurrence or the commentator? Like Just the uh, yeah,
0: best color commentator today. Nope. Jerry the King Lawler. <sighs> Mike Tonight, number two. Larry Sabisco number three. Oh, yeah, I'll say Larry's gonna be up there. Uh, Reader's personal favorite wrestlers. What the hell does that mean? Least favorite wrestler Hogan and Duggan are one and two. <laughs> <laughs> worst wrestler, Loch Ness one, Hogan two, Duggan three, Sid four. Well, Loch Ness only had like one match.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Booty mats. Oh, geez. The whole friggin'
0: March of 96 WCW. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, worst tag team, Godwin's Nasty Boys, Public Enemy, Slater, and Mike Enos, Gangsters. Oh. That's
1: unfair to Rough and
0: Ready. <laughs> Oh god, they're so he had so many freaking awards back in. Worst manager, Sonny Ono, <laughs> Colonel Rob Parker, Jose Lothario Cloudy's number 4. <laughs> Poor Cloudy? I was there for like a month, <laughs> two, two appearances. Elizabeth's number 5, Teddy Long, Sable, Zebeca. Teddy Kaya, Long should probably be number 1. <laughs> Bill Alfonso and Damian Kane. Oh yeah. Yeah, the Godfather. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, worst match of the years obviously the uncensored main event no surprise there hogan versus savage from havoc's number two Goldust versus um warrior oh, wow. is three hogan versus giant from road wild is four hogan
1: giant at super bowl is way worse than road wild yeah, for sure.
0: Uh, Cornette versus Lotharia from Mind Game. Come on, it was like a three minute.
1: Oh. <laughs> and I, hate, I hate the fucking smart fans of the 90s.
0: <laughs> Warrior versus Hunter Hurst for from Come Main on, Main. Jesus. <laughs> Worst okay, this is crazy. Worst feud of the year. Number one is Bubba versus John Tenta. Okay, yeah, told you. <laughs> All right, number two. <laughs> wcw versus nwo what do people want how is that the worst feud of the year
1: maybe because it's like freaking hogan and everyone hates hogan
0: oh my god uh hogan versus savage number three which we like that feud mm-hmm. duggan versus vk wall street that's a good choice Uh, New Japan versus UWFI, another great feud at five. Smoking Guns versus Goblins, yes, thank you. Number six, Ice Train versus Scott Norton, number seven. That's a fucking war. Devon Dudley versus the Dudleys, number eight. Uh, Lawler versus Roberts, probably not a bad choice. Rounding out the top ten. Worst on interviews, Ahmed Johnson, Hulk Hogan, Sid, Savage. I
1: mean, I don't agree with Hogan. I can see I'm mad.
0: <laughs> Jim Duggan, Lex Luger, and Sonny Odo rounded that out. <laughs> Speak well, English, damn it. The worst promotion, you got American Wrestling Federation, USWA, 1-2, number three, WCW, number four, WWF. Just crazy. Best booker, of course, Heyman won that fairly easily. Promoter of the year Eric Bischoff did beat Vince in that, and beat Heyman. Go, you know, best gimmick NWO number one, Stone Cold Steve Austin number two, BWO number three, Mankind number four, Macho Warrior Rick Hogan number five. What the hell does that even mean?
1: Wasn't that like a was that an indie guy or like an ECW thing? I oh, maybe.
0: Worst gimmick, Nude, Razor, Diesel, and Double J. <laughs> Braun, the Leprechaun, Stalker, Glacier, Blue. Nacho Man's not on there. Zero, Dudley's, NWO, T.O. Hopper, and Sonny Ono. So, I mean, in that poo-poo of gimmicks, you got the NWO in the <laughs> brain. So sad most embarrassing wrestler. Like, what is this? What is this garbage? All right, that's it. But that was fun to at least go down memory lane there. That's
1: quite the mix. Some um, rough picks
0: overall, yeah. but yeah.
1: All right. Well, anything else? Uh, <laughs> anything uh, else yeah, do? I mean, there's
0: actually like he, like, so that takes up a ton, obviously, of the... Um, of the uh, thing I did look and I was surprised like, but I guess it bears out in the ratings, but he, he gives like a rundown of all the major shows yep. and then he shows like the thumbs up thumbs in the middle, thumbs down for all the categories and WWF had like 10 thumbs up shows and WCW only had four. It's crazy. Like it's, it's really crazy to think about it. Cause when you look at our ratings, like our month end stuff, I think, WCW wanted like how many months? No, almost all of them. Eight or nine, probably eight. I would. So say. that's not counting TV. That's just pay per view. Yeah, that's just the pay per views, like the major shows. Like, but I mean, it's stuff like even the months. Well, I mean, like even the months. W, like obviously World War Three. Like we're at least thumbs in the middle, probably closer right. to thumbs up, and they were thumbs down. Like it's it's just a weird. I mean, that's one thing we're revisionist. Howling Habits the same way. So. Yeah. Okay.
1: All right. Well, I just want to say really quick because I didn't mention off the top. If you're listening on any Podcatcher app, welcome in. We're also available via video on YouTube. If you're new here, just go to our Sound Connection on YouTube. If you're watching, just subscribe and leave us some comments. That helps us definitely get noticed. Yeah. A lot of great video content that you don't get in the audio format. And we also have some audio stuff that you don't get in video. So just subscribe to everything and you can catch everything lot of evergreen content, so you're never too far behind, Uh, but we also do have some timely stuff as well, so check all that out, Uh, and this drops at you every other Monday, Uh, right here, you know, we talked a lot of ECW, that's a podcast we have every other Thursday as well, Extreme Three-Way Dance, Uh, going through the history of ECW, we're into 1998 now, in the summer of 98, pretty much, all right, so why don't we go dive in to the first episode of Monday Night Raw in 1997, taking place on January 6th. I believe this is the same taping, right, Chad? Yeah. It's all uh, Knickerbocker.
0: Knickerbocker yep. yeah. All
1: right. Vader issues a promo warning backstage. And then we get Vince McMahon and Jerry the King Lawler, our best commentator of 1996, setting up the night ahead. Includes clips of Shotgun's debut. And then we get our opening animation. Brings us to the ring for a very cool uh, opening matchup. And that is Owen Hart taking on Mankind. Uh, so oh, that'll be our first match in 97. He's out with Clarence Mason Is Owen. Uh, Mankind wobbles out with Paul Bearer. Vince says this is sort of a tough man contest. So still kind of doing the tough man gimmick, but I guess he doesn't see Owen as a tough guy. Uh, Vince says we're getting an apology from Psycho Sid tonight due to his actions against Jose Lothario. Owen then takes Mankind down, goes to a sharpshooter. Mankind gets to the ropes. King says Mankind may be wearing Michael Jordan's cologne. Mankind hammers away as Vincent King get hyped for the tough man rules. Mankind runs through his usual offense as Vince has the speculation of a rift between Owen Hart and the bulldog. Owen lands some elbows and works the arm. Mankind goes to a rare naked choke. That was kind of cool, mm-hmm. but Owen's able to block the mandible claw. He breaks free. He bites mankind's fingers. We spill outside where Owen blocks a chair shot. He drops mankind on the railing. He hits him with the tag title back inside. Owen gets a spin wheel kick. Vince is hyping the rumble. Owen pegs mankind with the enziguri. Owen follows outside to Mankind, but he yanks him into the railing and smashes him in the head with a drink tub to a faint ECW chant. Uh, after a break and an ad for Full Metal, Mankind gets a swinging neckbreaker. Uh, Lawler references Deion Sanders' performance from yesterday's Cowboys game. Owen then takes over with a DDT, but Mankind counters at a leap off the top with a claw. Owen slips out, hits a heel kick, but whiffs on a charge. He bangs it to the post, and Mankind crushes him with a nasty pile driver. To win the match, uh, which I liked. It was different. It was fresh. They had a good brawl. It was a great finish. Uh, it was hard fought. It was clean uh, in the clean sense that it was no real screw ups or anything. Uh, they also worked really well to have the random pairings with looser rules. So I kind of liked it. I like seeing Owen mix it up. You know, we've been down on Owen a lot here in 1996. Uh, but as 97 Dawns, I think he's got a pretty good match already on the resume. So I went three stars. Um, I like this as an opener. And I think I, I dig the tough man stuff. And they really let these guys open it up.
0: Three stars as well. I like this match a good bit. It's so pairing that because of what Foley wrote in his book about Owen, you don't like, you know, he has a like fondness for Owen, but, um, you know, like the way he wrote in his book about Owen, like basically clowning around or whatever on Al Show matches. I, I, I didn't know, and I knew they had some tag stuff. Um, obviously, like probably the most, uh, famous ones at WrestleMania 13. Right. Um, but uh, I, I didn't know whether they wrestled any singles and they hadn't up to this point. And then really the only other TV match they have together that I saw on cage match was like a shotgun Saturday night match, which is also very random. Uh, but I thought this was a fun pairing and I, I like that Owen mixed it up. Um, don't typically think of him as like a brawler, but his, uh, his punches look good here. And um, the action spilled to the outside. I thought Foley, Mankind, did a good job of controlling the action, keeping things moving. I also thought this was one of the rare occurrences on the WWF side of things where I thought the, the commercial break happened at a good spot. And it didn't yeah. feel like we lost a lot when we came back, like we didn't lose a whole heat segment or whatever because both these guys are bad guys. So you can get that out of the way. Um, and I did like that. I liked that. Really throughout this match, like nobody was really a de facto face either. Like they kind of just went after it. Um, but they didn't get too cute too. like we're two bad guys. So, you know, you have that thing where they tease, they're not gonna wrestle or whatever. Right, that. right. Yeah. They went, no, at- they went right at it, yeah. So so a very good opener. Um, I mean, really, I don't wanna get too far ahead of myself, but it, it, it did feel like a tonal change from a lot of stuff we've seen. Even, even like the matches that have been good on Raw have felt like they've been pretty story driven. Um, like the Mankind versus Undertaker match on Raw, like that was a good match, but obviously that was like a six month feud. Um, so to have two guys go out there and just wrestle and it be a good match and it not involve Marrow or Hemsley or some of these guys right, that yeah. we've seen forever, um, Well, Mankind's one of our MVPs, like you said, in 96, and
1: Owen's a guy that we wanted to see more of. We talked about in our year in review, he was kind of on the most disappointing list for us, Um, so it's good to see him mix it up and and have some energy here, and you know, we're in the second hour of a taping, so it's nice to see, too, that like this. usually some of this would be a little more dull, so. Yeah, right. All right, so Shawn Michaels, Jose Lothario, and his son Pete Lothario Mm -hmm. are backstage, Jose says he's doing better. Thanks to fans for his support. He'll be in Shawn Michaels' corner at the Rumble. Pete says he's been assisting his dad in every way possible. Uh, But in Texas, we don't play those games. And he will be there to help at the Rumble as well. Shawn says Sid has upset them all. And they can't wait to hear what Sid has to say. He'll be at the announce table for the main event. And again, vows not to interfere in Bret Hart's uh, matches. So, we'll see. Any thoughts on uh, Jose and
0: Pete? Well, they really made Jose... I mean, like, he's older, but... Like, yeah, they make parents, him seem feeble. Yeah. My parents are 62. Jose was 63 at this point, and you'd have thought, like, he was, like, in his 90s, the way they making me so fragile. It's like, yeah. all right, man. like, this Dude is wrestling,
1: like, less than a decade ago. Either. Yeah, I mean,
0: he still should be, like, a working adult. Like, <laughs> right. if this was nowadays, like, what, what are we doing here? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay.
1: That's funny. Uh, We'll see what Pete has to say as the night goes on. Uh, We get some highlights from Shotgun Saturday night. We see that Crush took on Ahmed Johnson. The Nation of Domination attacked, and we get the infamous moment. Ahmed uh, hits a powerbomb on the roof of a car. It's always assumed that was D but I don't think it was, right? Wasn't it like another guy? Or was it d
0: mm, I don't think it's D-Lo. Yeah, so he
1: is one of the nation members with the Powerbomb. Uh, we then see the Sisters of Love walking around. It's Mother Smucker and Sister Angelica. They take on the Godwins. Brother Love showed up. He's back to manage the nuns. So uh that's a bad. hideous oh. match. Yeah, no bueno. Uh the power bomb of the car was cool.
0: Powerbomb. I mean, so like I watched this whole show. Um, <laughs> it says Marlena tears is out the next week. Yeah, that's so they really shove in a lot. Like you got the the sisters, that's the first thing that comes out. You got Sunny on commentary. I mean, she's teasing her sex tape after Marlena flashes the crowd or uh the sultan uh bob back loses his mind at that um That's a great the, moment. i love that yeah yeah he he comes ballistic <laughs> you have uh you have petting doing his macarena rap about mascarita sagrada you know he uh he, he he comes from a place where you don't drink the water. He's about as tall as my two-year-old daughter. It's uh, it's it's awful. It's the whole thing. It's like man, th- think about what?
1: Vince booking himself to commentate a late-night show at a bar with Sonny. Like just go all in. That's all in right there. <laughs> Not even hiding it.
0: Yeah, that was like, <laughs> and then um, <laughs> and then uh, when he uh. When she announces like that she's doing her sex she's like, "Oh, I don't know if we can show that <laughs> on
1: TV." But, I feel like you know. that's early for a sex tape. Like, when was Pamela Anderson was
0: that even out yet? I think that was out. It I just think, come out. I think yeah. she actually mentions that. Like you right. thought, like Pamela and Tommy was. Yeah, it's just like the term <laughs> "sex
1: tape" now is like so common, but then like I feel like outside of Pamela, it wasn't really a thing.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think that was like on the on the. Uh, Culture. I mean, I was I was 11, yeah. so I, real time I I was not still a innocent young little boy, but uh, yeah. <laughs> all right, well. it, it was just a weird. I mean, it's a weird show. Like it it was it was definitely the like equivalent of like let's try to. Th- I mean, it ends with like cornet getting stripped and running through New York City in his boxers. So it's like we're just gonna do like all this like zany. What we thinks edgy stuff. And, and why I... is he here anyway? Didn't he get
1: buried by the undertaker? Well, that's that the next oh, day. Oh, that's the next day. Okay, yeah, he ran the... right into the ring and got tombstones. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah. All right. Well, we'll see on uh, Ryan and JT's excellent wrestling adventure. Maybe we will hit the uh, debut episode of Shotgun soon. We're mm. doing all the premieres of the big show. so it's a we've done Superstars so far. But we'll see if we get to that. All right, back to the ring we go. Is Diesel and Razor Ramon still here, uh, taking on Doug Furnas and Phil LaFon? Honky Tonk Man's in the booth. He's oh. still undecided who to take under his wing. Furnas and LaFon come in. They're still slowly building this resume. King mocks Furnas's hair. Vince has Furnas and LaFon face the Sisters of Love on Shotgun this weekend. Diesel works over LaFon to start, but LaFon blocks a choke. Diesel gets a hard shoulder block. LaFon works the arm. Honky says he's looking for an individual and he may split up a team if he needs to Ramon gets a to follow a slam hockey says he loves Razor's greasy hair. Uh, we get a crucifix by LaFon for two quick German furnace comes in him and razor kind of trade holes furnace goes to a breaks an abdominal stretch gets a belly to belly diesel comes in and overpowers after a break and a a rumble ad furnace gets out of another abdominal stretch. Diesel gets a sidewalk slam for two as King makes a comment about the Jaguars having a big playoff upset. Vince talks up Razor and Diesel, defeating the Godwin family recently as we edge along. The crowd starts to turn on this as Diesel goes after the back. Honky rambles about Fur- uh, rambles on as Furnace escapes. Lafon comes in. He cleans house. Diesel kicks Lafon, coming off the middle rope. Lafon catches Razor with a belly-to-belly, tags Furnace, but he comes into a Razor clothesline. Razor goes to the Razor's edge. Lafon makes a save, and Furnace gets a Frankensteiner on Ramon. Furnace and Lafon knock Diesel to the floor and get a very awkward doomsday device on Ramon for the win. Uh, I thought this was pretty sluggish. It was long. Razor and Diesel got way too much offense. Uh, they are looking more cohesive, but everything is very simple. This gimmick is an albatross for them. Furnace and LaFont are a bit too bland for the setting. Like These guys are guys that either have to be with dudes that can hang or just destroy teams, like show off the suplexes and the throws and all that. Like Just laying around selling for two green dudes isn't the way to go about it. They should be opening the throttle against these guys. Uh, you know, We should be doing Razor and Diesel soon. <laughs> Hopefully the gimmick is done. Uh, Furnace and font chug along. I went two and a quarter because again, I think it was like oh. fine, but it was it was just long. It was long.
0: Yeah, star and a half for me. I didn't like this much at all. Um, I think you covered most of it. It's just Furnace and LaFont, They've really mismanaged booking them. Um, they're they're just not giving them any. They're not doing them any favors huh. with who they're putting them in or how they're presenting them. Because if you want to present them. I mean, and also on commentary, we'll talk about it when he's on commentary for him. But if you want to present them as, like, these great athletes that can do all this stuff, like you saw it sometimes with the Rockers, it's just, I just don't think, like, WWF really has the guys that can nope. do it. Yeah. it it's, it's, it's almost like a roster thing in right. some ways. Um, Honky, really annoying. Like, mm-hmm. I'm really annoyed at this. Like, I don't know. Who cares? Like he you keep saying he's looking for this? To, I mean, I have I, I could not care less. So I don't like this. Razor and Diesel obviously don't like them. The quicker they go away the better. So this this was a miss.
1: Yeah, they need to go. They need to go fast. It's it's uh we're way overdue. Way past the expiration mm-hmm. date on those guys. Yeah. Vince takes us to clips from last week where Jerry the King Lawler faced off with Goldust. That led to Hunter Helmsey kidnapping Marlena. Merrow made the save and then got decked, uh, as we <laughs> saw, <laughs> along with Marlena. Vince says next week, Goldust and Mark Merrow team up to take on Hunter Helmsey and Jerry Lawler. We get clips from Shotgun of what you mentioned a minute ago, Marlena flashing the Sultan, and Backlund flipping out as Goldust got the win thanks to Marlena's boobs. We go backstage where the Hitman is with us. He gets a dig about Shawn Michaels' integrity. He says if he wants to sit ringside, Brett hopes he sticks his nose in so he can knock him out. Issues a warning to Vader. Says he's big, but he's also stupid. Within here, Sid's music start, and Brett is aggravated. That he gets cut off, and he storms away. So a very surly hitman tonight.
0: Yes, uh, I think we're going to see that for most of 1997. Yes. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. not happy. No.
0: Uh, we got your buddies here joining us from the
1: Alamo Dome, George and Adam. They're excited. Just two weeks away. Of course, George screwed up his sign. It says Austin 318. Um, and then I think in the highlight of all this for me, Adam calls him a fat boy. <laughs> Which made me laugh. Um, another cool. guy shows up. We got a third man yeah. uh, and says they are in his seat. And he sits between George and Adam, um, who are not happy to have this dude in between them. But I think all these all these segments are worth it. Him calling a fat boy made them all lot. <laughs> no, definitely really not.
0: Like really funny. Like, I don't want to rant on these guys every week, but it's like if this is your representative, like they're trying yeah, to promote the show that you can't miss this show, and they're presenting these two guys as like super fans of your product, and they're both complete idiots. Right. Like, is this like this would be like your I mean, this is the equivalent of, like, you know, in WCW, if they were, like, two dumb rednecks that were like, well, we don't have running water or cable, but we got to get this paper. You know, I mean, like, <laughs> right, it's yeah, like, yeah. what are you doing? Like, this, these 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 guys don't even, like, you can't even get Austin's catchphrase right. They can't buy two seats together, even though they've been sitting in the <laughs> empty arena for three months. It's... it's uh, what a mess! What an awful, what an awful market. Better or
1: worse than billionaire Ted? About
0: a year this, apart. This, uh, the billionaire Ted stuff was dumb, but was in spite like this is legitimately trying to promote a show. And better I, or worse
1: I, than them always hyping up their technical difficulties throughout the year.
0: <laughs> now that was stupid too. Dude. That was definitely pushed too. I I just can't get over that this is to promote a show, mm. like. Like, you're wanting to say, like, these guys are such great fans, they can't not miss the show. Right, they got to be there early, yeah. And they're complete bumbling idiots. Though.
1: They would have been better, like, having, like, as legit fans trying to break in or something. Like, sneak in or something like that. Yeah, or
0: anything. I mean, like, you can do, like, super fans, like, camping out. Like, I would have just had them camping out at the Alamo Dome. Like, that wouldn't have been bad. Um I don't know, like, around this time, like, I guess the N64 is at 96 or 97, but you could have it like, you know, like a Black Friday thing. Like, yeah, yeah. oh, like, hey, we're camping out of the album. That was the thing. I mean, waiting for tickets outside was, like, a thing. Yeah! Just, like, like yeah. The, you know, think about, like, the say by the Bell U2 yeah, episode. Yeah. Like, that's not... I mean that's also a stupid stupid episode with the mall iced or whatever, but
1: But that is a thing that we did. Yeah. We stood outside in line for tickets. yes, yes. You know, to get into a show or whatever. So Right.
0: I mean the the January fourth finger poker doom nitro, I had to wait at a Kroger for like yeah. three hours. So we yeah. know I mean, the shifts there are only
1: like four hours. So. <laughs> Sid hits the ring. He's joined by Jim Ross for a chat. Ross asks Sid if he's intimidated to go into hostile territory. Sid says Jr. has no clue because he's not intimidated by nothing, no man. And inside the ring, you have to be hit or be hitting, kick or be kicking. And sometimes you hit someone with a camera before you're hit first. In San Antonio, everyone will realize he was born to be the man, and Sean can never have that claim. Hometown or not, he walks in the odds against him. He will walk in the man, walk out the man. He's the master and the ruler of the world. Sean's music fires up. He heads to ringside with Jose. Sean dances and strips on the table as Sid just stands there chuckling. Sid says this is why he does what he does. So he apologizes to everyone around the world for what he's about to do, and he won't be responsible. Sid leaves as Vince says Jose is joining the Spanish announce team. Finds stuff from Sid, keeps it simple, and kind of gives an ominous warning that makes you realize something probably bad is coming from this guy because he says I, my apology isn't for what I've done. It's for what I'm about to do.
0: Yeah, I continue to not like this feud very much. Um, I just find Sean's actions to be very bizarre. As a like, why kid. is he out dancing and he's he was angry? Like, is that supposed now? to distract Sid? Yeah, I mean, like, he should be a lot more vengeful. I
1: think he's trying to show maybe like he's not bothered by him or worried, yeah. but
0: yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, in Sid's promos, uh, they've all been okay, but I don't think we've really had like that crazy, like, maniacal sit I don't like sometimes he has obviously like the you know what you did right there is bogus like he can have right. these like great one-liner promos that have these memorable lines And i don't think we've got one in this build so it's it's not like i would say it's awful but again i'm not that juiced for the match either okay. um it's 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 an interesting thing because actually, like in ring quality, they actually definitely over-delivered the Survivor Series. So you would think like you'd be psyched for another edition, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm I'm. I think most feel like
1: probably realize that was an overdelivery and like unlikely to hit that again, especially with the atmosphere. I guess they're banking on maybe internally banking on San Antonio hometown atmosphere being similar, to like MSG, like it'll be crazy for Sean or whatever. So yeah.
0: They keep trying to push that. They're like, the Dome is going to be so pumped for their hometown hero. It's like, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. All
1: right, well, Vince hypes that show up, and then we head to our main event, which is Brett the Hitman Hart taking on Vader. Pretty exciting on paper, this card. I mean, if you came into the show, just looked at the matches on paper, you got Owen versus Mankind, Brett versus Vader, and Furnace on the phone. Like, you're thinking it's mm-hmm. probably going to be a better in-ring episode for all, mm-hmm. just based on the matches. Beforehand, uh, heart chugs out. Sean says Brett drew first blood on him, just as he did his best job to defend the title. While Brett shit on him out of pure jealousy, Sean mocks Brett's white boots, not matching his gear. So, that had to be something. Brett must have lost his boots or something for Sean to call it. It's out. a
0: weird look, yeah. um, when he came out because he's wearing like all almost all pink, yeah, and right. then just plain white boots. That's so. gonna be
1: those, have to be someone else's. He must have yeah. lost his. Or I was his wondering,
0: travel. I was trying to think like who those might could be. <laughs> yeah, it could have been a one job
1: or some shit. Yeah, list. but um, there's a reason Sean says it and it's got to be it's, because of that It's
0: like a one off. Yeah. look, I, I did not think it looked that bad. It actually looked like a custom, you right. know, like look, it, it was OK, but it's definitely looks it's a little jarring. for Sure.
1: Vince says Jim Cornette will not be with Vader tonight. We're going to mm-hmm. find out why a little bit later. Vader stumps out as Sean says, being happy made him lose his edge, but he's back. And Vince says, it's all about attitude in the World Wrestling Federation. We see clips from That's superstars. First,
0: yes, Quickly, is that the first time he said that? I like, think so, I, yeah. I made note of that because he was like, yeah. you know, if you want attitude, come to the World Wrestling Federation. I was like, oh, that was interesting. Planting that seeds, I guess, yeah. yeah.
1: subconsciously.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, we see clips from Superstars where Undertaker stalked a ranting Jim Cornette in the announce yep. booth. He dragged him to the ring and hit a tombstone. As JR says, "Look at the girth," uh, as he was tombstone and Cornette. Vince <laughs> says that was the best play-by-play man in the business a commentary on that segment. So still getting his digs in, um, but Cornette is uh, laid out by Undertaker at the tombstone. So we'll yeah, that's a the, that's, the right that's off. a big
0: uh, that's a big write-off Superstars episode to start the new year because yeah. Cornette's gone. Also well, early uh, ninety
1: eight, right? I think.
0: Uh I think so, yeah, with the NWA stuff. Also, RIP Freddie Joe Floyd. He has his last televised <laughs> match with Hunter Hurst Ibsley. Uh, oh, actually God. pulls a Rick Rude and is on USWA television <laughs> Same day. immediately. Yeah. <laughs> the uh I think Cornette
1: it actually may be ninety seven he shows back up on one raw with the uh the headhunters.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. He, he leads them out to attack uh, Bulldog at right. Owen, I think. Right. Right. But that's right. like a one-off thing. And then he's gone until the NWA. Um, back to the room we go. We get going as Sean keeps getting his digs in. He says, a squash Brett alone with no help. Brett's boots again are very plain. Must <laughs> be borrowed. Right. Uh, <laughs> Vader clubs away as Sean mocks Brett's style. Takes a shot at the king stealing jokes. We go outside. Brett shoots Vader to the steps. Sean asks who they is about the man they call Vader. Brett hammers away on the floor as Sean says, Brett claims to be honest and fair, but then he'll hit you with a chair. Vince says Sean is always straightforward. Brent unloads some punches in the ring, starts to work the arm as King takes a dig at Frank Sinatra. Vader cuts down Brent with a body block as Vince talks about the rumble. Vader throws some more punches, gets the body block off the middle rope. We see Steve Austin watching backstage as they go to break. We get the Starburst Fruit Twist Rewind as Ahmed Johnson's power bomb on the car. When we come back, Vader gets another middle rope body block as Vince asks. I'm sorry, as King asks, why didn't Jose name Pete Hose B? <laughs> It's a terrible joke, but it made me laugh. Good. Vader Vader gets two on a middle rope splash as Sean keeps going in on Brett. Brett dodges the Vader bomb with knees as the crowd wakes up. Brett comes firing back, gets all his closing offense. Sean starts calling out his spots. Uh, says, oh, you know, I'm sure we'll see a backbreaker next. Uh, says Brett does the same thing all the time. Brett charges as Vader catches him. They both tumble over the top to the floor. They hammer away as Sid shows up. Grabs a cameraman and drags him to the back. As that's happening, Steve Austin pops up. He's beating on Brett. He hits a stunner, but everyone misses it the cameras, the announcers. We go back inside. Vader hits the Vader bomb and pins Brett Hart for the win, which is a pretty big upset right now, given where both guys are, um, for Vader to win this, even with Austin helping. Uh, so, all right, let's talk about the match before we get to Sid's antics. Uh, I thought the match itself felt like a time filler. It was simple, not exciting. It never got going. It was really just about Sean ranting about Brett. Uh, Very sleepy time. Uh, You know, we had some fresh matchups. The crowd, after Mankind Owen kind of checked out, we're just not putting the pieces together. Like, okay, we had some good matches on paper, but they're not delivering. So it's like, every time they kind of make progress, it falls apart a little bit in a different area. I think they have some juice to the rumble. We'll see if they can get there. Uh, But this main event was disappointing. It was sloppy. And Vader basically wins clean in a way, but it's kind of forgettable because the match, it's like they were just filling time to, to eat up the rest of the show, which is disappointing for the two guys that were in there. I was kind of hoping maybe for a little bit of a hidden gem, but ends up going two and a half for
0: me. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I went two and three quarters. I, I, I liked the, after the commercial break, uh, the first part of the match, I thought was really weird with Brett trying to make it more technical, just not Vader's forte, not mm-hmm. what they need to, uh, quick, quick note, just real quick on Cornette. Cause we're not going to see him for a while. As we talked about, like he—he's another age thing. Like he's thirty-five or six. That's crazy. It, and like his outfit and everything, like he's so dated. Like yeah. it, I was horrified that I'm older than him.
1: If that—if he wasn't such a fucking nut, like and, and so strong-willed, I mean, that's a guy that could have had even more of a run.
0: Yeah, I mean, than he he's I sixty-one mean, now. I mean, I guess if he's like Jose, he maybe.
1: Jose. No <laughs> <laughs> but the—but uh, you would think. I mean, at thirty-five, he's pretty much washed now. Like. He Could have gone somewhere else or came back. I mean, I mean he's a little oh, he's dated just, for WF, but even I
0: mean, it's just funny, like, even when he does his east uh ring of honor stuff like a decade later, like he's only 45. If yeah, you like man. I mean, he was presented as like 60 right. plus. Like he's like when he does that, he's three years older and like AJ style. It's like, crazy dude. they never
1: bring him in ECW to do like the ultimate him and Cornette war like Cornette bring like I know they he kind of came in I guess in 97 with the Dof stuff but to like go there for like an extended run later you know right like him with Corino you know like doing the it old school could thing could have been, been cool. really good
0: yeah it's interesting um but this match after the break um I've been watching more 97 stuff as we go along I think this match was actually hurt because there's two house show matches From these guys, like January 4th and 5th, which were taped after this one. But my chronological watching, I watched before. And they, I mean, they weren't great. Like, still, like, this pairing of two top 40 guys of all time, you thought they might have, like, a great match in them. They kind of weren't aspiring to that. And that holds
1: later in 97, because they do fight again with the roles flipped. And I I don't remember that being anything special either. No.
0: so I think we're just seeing it.
1: Vader... It's like when the Yankees sign Randy Johnson, or you know, it's like, yeah. kinda like you kind of like you expect it's still Randy Johnson, right? Oh, he'll turn it on. I think we keep waiting for that from Vader, but I think he's just washed. <laughs> like I think because even his end of WCW stuff isn't like great. You know, like he's got a couple good things with Hogan, but um, I think by '95 into '96, I think he's just done. I, I think you kept kind of kept waiting for him to turn it on. You want to blame the booking or this or injuries, but like I think his fastball is just kind of gone. I mean, he can maybe pull it out now and then, but I yeah, think. It's- it's consistency weird. Like, is done.
0: He has a little bit of a... Like, it's all Japan. 99's really good. But, yeah. um... I mean, the Randy Johnson comparison's good there. It and, and even so, this shows, like, how repetitious they were. The finish was exactly the same, too. Where, like, Austin runs out and does the same thing where he clips Brett's knee as he's holding the steps or whatever. And then gives him the stunner on the floor, rolls him in. Vader wins one, two, three. So I, I did think like, if this could have been very good, it would have helped make this raw, like one of the better ones in a while. Yeah. This needed to be
1: like a three and a quarter, like would have been fine. You know, give us that like, uh, you know, even if you ended up with Austin interfering still, but at least make it hot, more of a slugfest. And, you know, instead of it's a sleepy crowds. Like we keep saying it, no matter how hard they work in the ring, this taping format kills them because the crowd is just cooked like this late in the show. So until we get to something a little bit more lively of a format, we're just not going to really get any. Because even look at some of the best Raws we talked about. We're heavy on backstage stuff, cutaways. Like, you know, it's very rare that we get a great Raw that's like all in the arena.
0: Yeah. Shout out commentaries are up too, as usual.
1: It's just over the top. I mean, he's, they're really trying to push this as a personal feud. Like we talked about. You know, in the last couple of episodes, like it started way earlier than I remembered mm-hmm. with the two of them, like getting kind of nasty and personal. I thought it really didn't fire up to, like May with the two of them really sniping at each other um, or right. April or whatever, but it really starts sooner than you would think. Like I, have, I would have never guessed that face-to-face was in December with the two of them that we saw last episode. So, all right, um, all right. we go backstage. Sid grabs poor Pete Lothario by the throat. He punches him and then power bombs him on a table that does not give. No. <laughs> uh, poor Pete. Uh, Sean <laughs> runs back to help, but it's too late. We get a replay after the break. And then we come back, we see Sean, Savio Vega, Barkon, and Aldo Montoya will try to help out Pete <laughs> as Sean is raging about Sid, uh, which that's a pretty good finish to a sleepy show. Um, it's it. You know, Sid has talked a lot, and we talked about how he didn't like the build. Since mm-hmm. he knocked out Jose, he hasn't done anything crazy. Like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, think of like his best runs are 92, right, where he went on the Jobber Destruction Tour. Even 95, when he first turned on Sean and built it In Your House 1, they kind of redid that, where he destroyed a bunch of guys on TV. And I think they could have done that again with this. They had a lot of name guys that they could have been feeding to him every week. Your Aldo, your Bart, your Henry mm-hmm. Phineas Godwin, whoever the hell you want, like right. He should have been destroying those guys every week and establishing himself as a monster instead of trying to let him talk about being the man. Sid's not at his best when he's giving serious promos about being the man. He's at the best when he's wrecking shop and then just being a fucking maniac on the mic. And then and they kind of went away from that after Survivor series um maybe because they thought he was getting over as a face but then they kind of turn him heel here so it's like kind of weird the the abrupt twist but um this was cool because he's back to just being a nut and he like this poor kid just fucking power bombs him on a hard table with no zero game at all
0: nasty yeah yeah thought it was a good ending for sid (laughs) sean rushing back was a little much uh also loved his like the baby face crew was like job city i <laughs> know uh, oh, you know what can you do all
1: right let's get to our awards here uh match of the night i think was pretty easily owen versus mankind yep uh the moment i went with sid murdering pete yep okay and and because of that I gave Sid the mvp Yep. um yeah not much else cooking uh, no shots fired uh, for debuts. We had Pete Lothario, and I, I put the Sisters of Love because I don't think we actually see them on Raw um, in that gimmick. So I figured this is probably the closest we get. Okay. Uh, no dropped angles. We didn't have any Farouk, please, nose. Um, so, and this is a little bit better than last week just because of Owen of Mankind. Brett Vader was fine. I like the Sid stuff at the end, so I went five and a half.
0: Yeah, I had the same rating. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, I think this is one of those shows where, like, when you watch it, like, it looks really good on paper. When you watch it, you're slightly disappointing, but it's also one of those things where, again, we keep talking about it, and it's going to change quickly, so we'll see how it goes. But being an hour actually helped this show for me. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, all right, well, you know, 45 minutes, like, that tag match was bad, but what it was. So Yeah, if we had to
1: go through another forty minutes or (laughs) whatever.
0: Like the Sultan or somebody rolls out there. It's like, oh it's gonna be curious when Raw goes to
1: two hours, like, where does that time come from? You know what I mean? Like who is the um who are the guys that help fill that? Is it gonna be the Sultans, etc. Yeah, I mean
0: there was some cool like that Freddie Joe Floyd Hunter match on superstars, like that was a cool match that you could have fleshed out. But yeah, they there's still some mid card concerns for sure. All right, so that's
1: it for Raw. So why don't we head over to WCW for the first Nitro chat of
0: 1997. Yeah, uh, same opening. So still, same old, same old. You know, though, we haven't had in a while the WCW magazine... Yeah, that seems to be had done. ...get morphin. So, I wonder, you know, let's, let's make a marker on that. It's been probably a month or two without that, so... We we were wanting to track some of these like old dated things. That's one of them that we'll have to see. Uh, giant is Andre the Giant's son, I think. <laughs> done. So, so we were getting a couple of them, right. uh, but they're in Monroe, Louisiana, which they they made no mention of, so it didn't get the like the well, name I can't them, yeah. and all that. So weird, kind of weird uh, arena, and we start off right with our opener. Um, which is Glacier versus Bobby Eaton. So, you know, Bobby Eaton definitely at the end of his run gets a little bit of offense to start off, but this is, again, another Glacier showcase squash with his uh, kick varieties, and uh, he ends up winning with a Cytonic kick. or uh, about Cryonic like kick. Cryonic kick, cytonic. I wrote I don't know what that is. Cryonic kick. Um, <laughs> uh, in two minutes, this this was a Squash City again. Like, I know I keep saying, like, maybe I'm a little bit of a glacier defender. I did think his kicks looked as precise as they had the last couple of weeks. Um, But this is almost like the equivalent of what's going on with Furnace and LaFond on WBL, where, you know, they know somebody that was really hyped came in and is not landing like they hoped. Right. So it's like, what do you do? Yeah. And we should be getting close to an angle. I think that's also... Well, it's tough, too, though, because,
1: like, Furnace and LaFond, you know, can wrestle. So, like, I think they're banking on that, whereas Glacier, like, uh-uh, Kenny.
0: Right. So, and and enough with this law enforcement stuff. Like every time right, he comes out, it. Yeah. I don't need to know his whole family trees and law enforcement. Well, it feels like they treat it
1: like you know this could be the first time someone's watching, I guess. But it's like, yeah, we don't need the whole frigging thing every time.
0: Yeah. So star and a half. It was a squash. It was what it was.
1: Uh Larry takes another shot at Dusty and the Cowboys uh not be able to you know, be the complete team he thought they were. So I'll dig at him. Yeah, it's the usual shtick here. I, I like to talk about Larry about Eaton struggling as a solo wrestler throughout the years. So I thought that was kind of
0: mm.
1: you know good insight. Um I yeah, I went half a star. I didn't think it was even a good squash, honestly. <laughs> you <laughs> getting
0: the razor diesel two in a quarter there just... was at the least
1: stuff in that match
0: this was come on crazy. yeah a chin lock and no, execution. I I'm a squash
1: guy I, I just didn't like this as a squash I thought it was nothing, Man. nothing doing
0: uh so Larry and Tony then kind of intro the show they say again they have some footage that they're to show <laughs> Piper went in from last week at Starcade. Um, and then they basically campaigned for Piper to join WCW. So that seems like the next step here where, you know, they mentioned like Piper going into the matches at He's not WCW. He's, he, you know, he's a man of his own or whatever. He's a loner. But now it's like, why don't he come to WCW side and help lead the brigade and whatnot it was what it was. Uh, strap match. You know, WCW is good for one of these mid-card, and we just saw Tenta won the most uh, <laughs> yes. that There's always, so this is basically like our new Duggan, Wall Street, Tenta, Bubba feud, uh-huh. which is it's Bubba. always Bubba. <laughs> yeah, it's Bubba versus these Dungeon of Doom guys. Um, Conan, we get a we get another strap match. Uh, Bubba has some weird music. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't the NWO music. It was no.
1: I don't think it was even. Was it his usual song? I don't think it was no. even that. I don't. Yeah. And, and I think they screwed up. Like someone screwed up and played the wrong thing or something.
0: I gotta tell you, like you know, like wrestling fans are very OCD, as, mm-hmm. as you find out if you do a podcast because you get corrected almost anything. But um, the the themes on YouTube are out of control because, like, if there's one bar that changes. Oh, yeah, like the don't, new version. don't put them on a draft that we yeah. do, or you're <laughs> be very mad at them because it's like Bubba version seven. It's like, right. what, what is this? It sounds the same, so I don't know. Um, Tony congrats the Florida Gators for winning the NCW champ NCAA championship. Uh there's a girl shown in the crowd right on the intro, and Tony goes, Hello there, <laughs> like Pervy Tony. Uh and also You're catch King for the
1: horniest commentator and then the <laughs>
0: between Vince, King, and Tony. <laughs> we're at peak, peak horndog um territory here. Uh Tony also shields NWO sold out. And uh, the so, uh big
1: January at the Superdome as well. Yeah, yeah. They're the and the Big Nitro.
0: Right, right. Which I think is pretty cool that yep. they're gonna be there. Uh Lee, Lee Marshall mentions that too later. Uh so basic action in this match. I talked about last week. I actually thought like the the Wall Street was pretty gamey last week. I I thought this was a very bad Bubba uh-huh. performance and a worse Conan performance. They didn't like lay into each other like I'd like, and then we just get a finish that I thought was completely asinine. I hate it. I hate uh-huh. it. And there's no there's no sense like, I mean you mentioned it last uh, last time for the last week's nitro and i mean if you're not going to do the momentum break like what what would constitute that cuz otherwise it's just like the whole match he could just touch all four corners because Driving here, nuts. Yeah. here yeah. like he i How mean real bad like this he gets knocked down like he's completely down and the momentum takes over and then it's actually Bubba that gets the offense and punches Conan. So it's it's an ultimate like slipped on banana pill win.
1: Uh-huh.
0: I don't like none of this. Three-fourths of a star. I, I, I didn't like this at all. Actually my star three quarter, but it was oh.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was it was a mess. The ending, we talked about that ending trope a lot in the last draft match. This is twice now they kind of use it where it feels like the momentum should have broken and they don't. And this was way more egregious. Like you said, like they start fighting again and then he falls into the corner. Like, I don't know, 10 seconds later. Like it, is, it seemed like it shouldn't have counted at all. I mean, I didn't complain that it did because I was happy it was over, uh, yeah. but it was, it was weird. I mean, so we get a lot of Piper talk throughout this mainly too. Um, yeah, it's just all strikes and chokes. Um, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with the strap matches for these guys. like I'm done with this feud. Um, pretty janky overall.
0: Uh, he cut to Gene. Uh, Tony gets a shout-in about him saying the wrong year last time. Yeah, he act- well, he actually makes a comment, too, on WW Saturday night, the weekend before, that he's got the correct year this time. But then right here he says we had a great 1997, so he's just a mess. He's all over. <laughs> Um he says, uh, so he brings in Kevin Sullivan. This is your basic Sullivan stuff. He says, uh, you know, like uh Gene brings up Woman Benoit, Kevin's like, Are you trying to pry me? Uh Gene brings up a tape, he says, you know, I don't want to see any more tapes, etc. Then Gene like says, Well, you know, they just need to get it together and attack the NWO, which Felt very insensitive, too. Like, right, right. It's like, look, I don't give a like, shit if you're your work. You know, I don't really just, care. I'm yeah, just going like, to get the NWO. Yeah. It's like if you go to work and you tell your boss, uh, you know, hey, I'm going through this divorce or whatever. It's like, well, sorry. We got this deadline next week, buddy. Like, we got bigger fish <laughs> fry around there. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's like, and not yeah. even your boss. Gene's not even his boss. Yeah, Gene's like a, like, a, a co-worker. it's so yeah. like, all right, buzz off, Gene. Like, what a... <laughs> what a jackass Uh, 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 so then uh, this this was you know we talked about how inside this feud is i don't even know what this talks about because i don't know where this is going but uh you kevin basically like you this is no checkmate the game's just getting started etc but gene says you know the tape isn't doesn't involve woman in Benoit, but I think you do know who it involves and do you care to pursue it? Which again I don't know where they're going with this. I don't know what that means or what or if we're supposed to have any idea, but I don't know. Is there another female
1: like that Sullivan used like at one point that could have shown back up or something? Maybe they were playing like a mixed tag or something. Well,
0: I mean, I do know who I think they eventually go to. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, right, but I don't think they're hinting at that already. I mean, well, I think yeah, maybe so. Yeah, but um, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't think people. Anyone would know. know. Why would you even yeah, tie them like, together? Nobody's yeah. gonna know. So yeah, I don't know. And he but, also
1: says the match has just started, but I'm in position to win. <laughs> so <laughs> like, I don't know. He's already in position after one one chess yeah. move, right? <laughs> Yeah, weird, weird promo. And then we're, we're, we're right back at it now. We're right back at it.
0: <laughs> yeah, this was this was this was between the match and this interview. This was a crummy mm-hmm. ten minute stretch of Nitro here. Uh, then Big, F- we come back from break and Gene's found his way to the hallway for the Big Four Horsemen interview for the week. So no Benoit woman, Flair screaming about the Florida Gator. He's on cloud nine. Uh, Uh, Orange starts off the promo. He says he picks his words carefully. He says what he means. It means what he says. Uh, He talks about Benoit and Woman not here this week and asks Nate if he has any idea where they're at. Uh, Flair does one of his earlier mean genes here. Uh, And then uh, a little bit. This is a bad bad line in retrospect. Uh But he says like... uh, You know, you're married to the devil for 10 years. You deserve a night out. And I'm sure Benoit is working her out as we speak. (laughs) Like a horseman does. Yeah. But again,
1: it's like Flair continues to be like horny Jerry Seinfeld. Like he's cracking jokes, make like, like they're looking to this guy to like help straighten the team out. And like he's, he's just on like off in another fucking world. Like he's not even acknowledging any problems. He's like, oh, well, like, They've had a night out for the last how many months? Like so, yeah, yeah. She deserves another Europe night together out. Together, yeah, you know, I she know deserves still- another night out because she was yeah. with Sullivan for a decade. Like, yeah. it's just, I don't know. This this whole thing has just been fucking weird.
0: Flair Flair's definitely going through a midlife crisis with his gimmick yeah, yeah. right now. It's, odd. it's it's definitely odd. Uh, Deborah, of course, she's got something to say. <laughs> Boy, does she ever this week. Uh, she's sick of Chris and Nancy. We know that. Big booze start pouring in. Um, and she says, you guys don't see her in the dressing room. She's as ugly as Grandpa's toenails. <laughs> and then the, Chris may take her to the fat farm, and then we won't see her for a couple of years. Flare Arn and Mongo always. Steven, she says. Steven. Oh, yes, yeah, Steven. That's right. Always <laughs> Steven, not Mongo. Mongo, yes. baby. Uh, they always show up for work. They're able to separate work from pleasure. Jeff is a wonderful guy. Oh, she also says she never missed a beauty pageant. Right, never missed a beauty pageant either. <laughs> Jeff is a wonderful guy and the most professional four horsemen. So quite a quite a Mago's favorite, she says. <laughs> quite a, another great promo from Deborah. She's she's becoming one of the MVPs of the show with this like hating on Nancy. Um she's like the original mean girl. <laughs> it is, uh, so out comes Jarrett. Flair immediately calls him double J. <laughs>
1: well Flair say goes
0: Deborah always mentions double J and then he comes yeah. out.
1: It's like all
0: right. I, don't, I Probably got a letter from Jerry. I'm but telling
1: he, you, it's well. like fucking Seinfeld. He's he's like Jerry just like commenting on what's going on. He's like, Oh, there's Deborah, <laughs> always talking about double J and then they yeah. come,
0: double Jelly Kramer comes flying in the fucking oh, picture. Oh God. Um So, Jarrett says, you invented styling and profiling. Do you want a part-time horseman or a full-time horseman? So, he asks Flair that. Arn answers him. He says, number one, you aren't a horseman. Number two, if you aspire to be a horseman, quit crying and being a victim. Uh, And then Jarrett takes a run at him. He says, you know, they tried to play him at Starcade. He knows the horseman's games, but he still came out on top. Then he says, "Arn always played second fiddle to Oli Tully and Flair, and he didn't come to talk to the horse's rear if <laughs> he wanted to talk to the main man." Which Tony gasps at that on commentary, and Arn basically clubs him from behind and beats the crap out of him down the aisle. Um, so, anything else you want to add on the promo before we get no, to the? I, I like.
1: I like Jared as like the like whipping boy, I guess, a little bit. Like, I like that he speaks up. Like, he doesn't give a shit. Like, he's like, look, are we going to fucking do business or what? And then, like, they're immediately all over him, even though he's like the not the problem, you know? Like, so Flair's taking all his anger out on him. Finally, like, he's taking shots. Arn's going all in on him. Like, he's displacing that anger. So I actually liked this part of it. Like, these guys are frustrated about everything going on with Benoit and Salvin and the NWO. And this guy's trying to get join the ranks. He's annoying them. And they're just going to take it out on him. And I liked Aaron punching him. I liked Jarrett's retort. Um I just could take or leave like Flair being goofy. I want like Flair engaged. And I don't like the Sullivan stuff is gonna be less cryptic. And I think that we'd mm-hmm. be in a little bit better position with all this. But it's just like we're also not progressing. We've right. pretty much seen the same promo for like two and a half months, I feel like every week. Like we're not really making moves here. Yeah. Well I, and kudos to WCW. I think they always get a lot of Crap for like not long-term booking or like changing stuff, but the one thing they do is almost to a detriment sometimes. They have things set and staked out for like future shows so far out sometimes that they spin wheels. We still have a DDP. Like, how long did that take yeah. for him to finally get real? Because they wanted to get to this goalpost. And we see it. We saw with the outsiders, the way that that was slow played. Um, we saw with with uh, Piper, we see it with Sting in play now. Um, where it's like stuff that you think happens faster than it does but they and i think a lot of it too going forward is because of hogan's contract so we see mm-hmm. a lot of like oh he's gonna fight this guy two pay-per-views from now right so now we're gonna get there and kill time luckily they build up a roster and, and talent enough that they can start eating up those weeks more but it feels like they do stake stuff out so far sometimes that it takes forever to get there like i mean may they have benoit sullivan planned for super Bowl, right so now we got to eat all this time to get the Super Bowl or whatever, a clash, whatever it is that they staked it out for.
0: Right. Uh, so we get this like impromptu match where Mongo's yelling, order to take his head off. Crowds chanting for the DDT. Jarrett takes a barrage of punches and fires back with some of his own. Orange sends him to the outside and into the camera platform. Uh, but this was a very smooth spot when Arn rolls Jarrett back in and gets in the ring. Jarrett, in one fluid motion, gives him a swinging neck breaker. And with his feet on the ropes, he gets the pin. Uh, Larry proclaims this wasn't a match, but the bell rung both times and the referees in there signaling for the bell. So I don't know what to tell him. Uh, I kind of just like, did you rate this? Yeah, I gave it a star. Okay. Um, I went two for everything. I mean, I thought, like, they did a good job, actually did advance some stuff here, especially post-match, which we'll get to, but... Yeah, yeah, I mean, just hit it all, I guess. I kind of have it all in one spot. Okay, so uh, they kind of go after Jarrett, but Deborah steps in front of them, Mm -hmm. um, and then, like, Flair kind of puts his hand on Deborah. And Mongo gets pissed yeah. and says, like, no, that is my woman. Don't you put your hand on her and flare. I mean, if if you do a back-to-back of back one freaking out <laughs> after seeing Marlena's boobs and flare right here, like, those are two, like, put those on a li- loop and just, like, have it <laughs> injected into my veins. Because he does his full, like, flip-out jacket right. off. Like, we hadn't seen that much. No, we haven't. Um, Mongo then says, you know what? I'm okay. He calms down. Um, So they basically say, like, that Deborah's vouching for Jarrett. Yeah. Um, She convinces Mongo or Steven to be on her side. Mongo kind of tells Flair. Flair says, if Mongo's okay with him, I'm okay with him. And Flair shakes Jarrett's hands. They do a strut together and arn is pissed he says the hell with this and walks away so it looks like we have a new member of the horseman and it's jeff jarrett here officially i like the fight um it's just so confusing
1: because like the last we really saw flair he was acknowledging jarrett and like i'm trying to think of the word but whatever like signing off on him right it's like a horse right. him. Him. Yep. yeah they they and then, then now, suddenly, wasn't after these months where Jarrett hasn't even really been around. Like it's just weird. I, again, like it's almost like too long in between things that we're resetting the stakes of it. Um, I like the fight part, and we'll see. I mean, on the surface, it seems like Deborah's, you know, the flying the ointment, trying to stir stir shit up within the Horsemen, and maybe make a play to end up with Jarrah. Like it seems like that's where we're right. headed right now. So
0: uh nwo sold out shirt sure, and the first 100 purchases get a signed poster 25 so, bucks yeah uh wcw saturday night no announced matches amazing french canadians Rey mysterio psychosis regal diamond Dallas page and many others uh so we'll say the saturday night the the weekend before i watched that as well and that was a, a really wild show you had jimmy graffiti under his real name, Jim Richland. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. One off match versus Chris Jericho. I didn't even realize it was him when he came out. I was like, that guy looks familiar. And then I was like, oh, yeah, it's Jimmy Graffiti, just non gimmick. Still hanging around. Uh, yeah, very weird. Uh, he's actually on WCW Pro the same weekend as Jimmy Graffiti. So there you go. Um, <laughs> but uh, also has the, he's got a bicycle Bubba match commentary from dusty so big big saturday night the weekend before we'll see what next week has in store for us um now we get a tv title match so this was supposed to be steven regal versus diamond dallas page dallas's music starts up he doesn't come out uh larry asks if dusty is still with us since the cowboys (laughs) lost the panthers so a lot of a lot of digs at dusty and the cowboys uh tony congratulates the jaguars uh, Regal comes out to some new music here. I was mm-hmm. heartbroken.
1: Yeah, the blue blood yep. theme is gone. Now we got the yes. masterpiece theater.
0: Uh, I was heartbroken at this. Um, well, like, even Larry's
1: confused. He's like, Who's yeah. this? And he's like, Oh, that's William Regal or Stephen Regal. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, that's different music than when I beat him. Yeah. <laughs> or I'm a different music from last week, buddy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> when I beat him. Okay, Two years ago. Yeah. Three years um, ago. Um, uh, so he doesn't have an opponent whose music fires up a hacksaw. Duh, duh, düh, 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 Fire duh, them off. Larry goes, Oh no, <laughs> he comes out. Uh, <coughs> Tony says they'll send some fielders out to see what happened with Dallas Page. as the match gets started. Six Kevin Nash, Eric Bischoff come out, they invade the announce booth, take over there. Uh, Eric. Let's us know right away. The newest member of the NWO is Diamond in Dallas Page. Nash says, welcome aboard, buddy. Uh, Eric says now he can come over for some adult beverages on the weekends that he's missed hanging out with him. So they're bringing him in the fold. He
1: also says that uh, DDP and Hall are out tonight, the Barbary Coast, having yeah. dinner. <clears throat> the uh, hotel in uh, Las Vegas, of course. He also thanks his English te- third-grade teacher, Miss Epstein, for helping him become what he is today. So I don't know if that's another inside joke or what, but...
0: There you go. Yeah, that's got to be something, but I don't know what. Uh, some big USA chants here. Uh, Nash says, someone, please hit Doug in the face. Eric's <laughs> chilling the NWO, Miss NWO contest. Um, Nash says, don't be afraid to send in some Polaroid. Six begs <laughs> us for no fat chicks. So, or heinous broads, he says. Fat chicks are heinous broads.
1: <laughs> Bischoff
0: also does the. Uh,
1: it's unbelievable. It'll be unbelievable in the Vince voice, which is. Yeah.
0: Oh man. Um. So while all this is happening on commentary, I actually like the match. I will yeah. say. Um. Duggan. You know, they're in Louisiana, and Eric brings us up that this mm-hmm. is like an old mid south stomping yep. ground. Duggan's still very over. Like I don't mm-hmm. know if this is just Duggan or there's some old school. You know. You know I remember back in 1982. You know, this guy right. was awesome.
1: So And Regal's good at uh like he's still good at stooging, so he's actually a good yes. foil for Duggan who yes. just throws heavy bombs and Regal can bop around for him. So Yep.
0: I made a note of that. Like yeah. Duggan's punches look good. Regal was kind of clowning and bailing to the outside that looked good. And then when he comes back he pounds away and like Duggan can take it. Um Nash at one point does say they look like two drunk guys getting <laughs> to a fight at a Labor Day softball game. <laughs> And then they say, but we like Regal. We like Regal. Oh, yeah. Um, they um, also
1: said they can't find a tape of Starcade. Nash has a scour no. in the black market. Nope.
0: Um, <laughs> Eric Eric brings up the contracts. He said the deadlines came and passed. So Eric went out and signed an ideal candidate for the NWO. So uh, yeah. keep that in mind. And then we get the first mention in a while of Randy Savage. Mm. So Eric says, you know, Randy Savage is listening, quit calling, you know, he needs to enjoy retirement. He can talk to Liz every once in a while and she can tell him how good it is at the NWO. So, so we talked about, like, the legitimate contract negotiations that were going on. It sounds like, you know, Savage is back in the fold, obviously, if they're mentioning him on commentary. Oh, you never if, know, though, with WCW. I uh, <laughs> It also means a gone if they're taking shots at him. With, with the, uh, uh-huh. Let me scroll down on the Observer just to see if Davey has a, has a note
1: on Because there's a chance, I mean. You don't know. I don't think it tips it either way. I mean, he probably was signed, but I don't think it's like a clear tip that he's back because Bischoff just as likely to shit talk him if he's gone anyway.
0: By, by the way, Meltzer's write up to the show is horrendous, um, as, as you might could have guessed. Uh, let me see. Oh, no.
1: Bischoff in here, too, compares Dug into the Panthers beating the Cowboys. So, so they're all over this Cowboys loss. Oh. <laughs> I
0: I, I wonder how big of a favorite they were. I I remember being surprising. Yeah,
1: the Panthers and Jaguars making the championship games was like a huge upset because they was only in their second year as as teams, so it was like a big deal when they both made it.
0: Here's what, yeah. Here's here's what uh, Dave said about this whole match: Regal Drew Duggan for the TV title. In 828 of a negative star match. duggan took Regal down to his level, and even the Louisiana fans weren't reacting to Duggan after the first few What's minutes. What's he watching? Because the bout got so bad. Bischoff nation 6 did the announcement on this match. They said there would be a Miss NWO beauty pageant on the pay-per-view after all. Bischoff acted like Savage wanted to come back to WCW. Here it is. In quote in uh and parentheses, it's pretty much a done deal at this point, just a question of when and how, but acted like he wouldn't let him back in and told Savage to join an inferior organization. Bischoff also hinted a big star coming into the NWO, who I presume he was talking about Kurt Henning. So there you go. But yeah, he calls this a negative star match, so we'll get to it. Like Duggan uh, rolls up the tape. Nash says he likes a guy that can take a shortcut, and Duggan whacks him, and the, the time limit draw happens um this was like at eight minutes and 30 seconds they call it like a 10 minute time of draw but yeah i I, i'm i'm way different from Meltzer here i thought this was a lot of fun actually um i mean the commentary and the match itself are kind of in two different worlds but they did kind of zip back into the match when needed uh so i went two and three quarters here i actually really like this match shockingly i mean i was done with duggan but this is one of the better duggan performances and like you said I think Regal's a good fall for him. Good compliment.
1: Yeah, I liked it. And I liked all the commentary too. I mean I was enjoy when the NWO pops in the booth. Um you know like Six talking about, oh you know I have a wet over Duggan. No one seems to remember it though. <laughs> that <it> was funny. <laughs> Um, dug in with the friggin' giant WCW flag. Uh, but I thought it was solid, a lot of brawling with Regal stooging. The commentary was good. The energy was good. I thought the crowd was into, it. I don't know what else are saying. Like I thought they were there. Um, Regal lives off the time of a draw. I mean, it's his gimmick, so it's fine. He just knows how to survive. It's part of, part of his strategy. So I think it's fine. So I went two and a half. I admit those. Yeah.
0: around the same. Look. Next. I don't even know if we want to talk about this. I think they run running short of time, uh, or like for the show. And yeah. wanted to get to hour two, so this is just like a standby match. It's very weird. It's Hugh Morris versus Jim Powers, Teddy's longs out with Jim Powers. But what, Morris has weird music too.
1: Like, I don't know if this is his new theme where they fucked up again, right. It's like some disco porn music he comes out yes. to. It's weird, yes.
0: It's uh, his was so weird, I almost want, wanted to know if it was a dub, but no, I don't um, think it was. It didn't sound like a dub to me. Uh, this is one minute long. Morse wins with the no laughing matter. I want a half star. I mean, I don't, boy, yeah, I can't. want a star and
1: a quarter. I mean, whatever, it's it is what it is. Um, you know, Powers is juiced out of his fucking mind. Um, Larry compares the missing Piper Hogan footage to the missing footage of Nixon. Um, you know, we talk about Dugan carrying the WCW colors, and but Larry says, Yeah, we want Piper to be that guy, not Duggan, <laughs> which is funny. Yeah. Um, just it's just a platform for A, like you said to Phil. Um, we get the Pep Boys replay. And Larry calls Terry befuddled. <laughs> Teddy, uh, Teddy's like just a big. He's gonna get out of here. He's just a punching bag at this point. It's terrible. <laughs> so he should have won worse manager to me. Yeah. Um, he's off. He's been awful all year. He looks like a, a dope every all the time. And Larry is calling him befuddled. <laughs> like, but he doesn't say like he was befuddled. He calls him befuddled, meaning like yeah. he's always befuddled. He's mm-hmm. just like, and there's there's old befuddled Terry Teddy Long yet again. So, mm-hmm. um. Yeah, whatever like you said just just eating up a few minutes
0: we uh we then get a throwback with luger like in the back in front of the locker saying like don't touch the dial hour two's coming up this felt very late 1995. um hour two starts off uh the announcers kind of talk about the horsemen and uh, imploding show some clips from earlier bobby says you know when there's a woman involved there's always trouble and Tony says I won't get a meal for another 3 months now because of that comment <laughs> and Bobby says you're not missing much so there you go. Uh <laughs> we start out our two big showcase match here for the Luchadors Ray Mysterio Jr Psychosis. Today goes over the history of them, how they both started out in the same camp. This is basically their showcase match. It's 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 nothing extraordinary but you know they're they're their routine now is so solid. Like, it's still a very solid match. They has some highlights. I thought the uh, springboard cannonball. Uh, Senton from Ray to the outside was really good. The commentary does talk ab- up about uh, Jushin Liger beating Ultimo Dragon on the January 4th show. So he beat Ultimo for all the J-Crown belts, but not the Cruiserweight Championship. Yeah, so they're
1: back to being delinked. <laughs>
0: so
1: yeah, Dragon thing. is still the Cruiserweight title. Yeah,
0: they do let us know it's going to be Ultimo versus Dragon again at the Clash of Champions in Milwaukee. Yep. Uh, Psychosis has a couple, like he has one weird box. On a, a moonsault to the outside, where his neck hits the apron, that looked nasty. And then uh, he f- like wipes out on a dive to the outside, where he goes chin first into the guardrail, which also looked bad. Comes back in, hits a big leg drop a power bomb, and uh, then he uh, Ray's able to flip over for a real close near fall. Uh, psychosis wipes out on a drop kick. Ray hits his Rana for the win. So, so, again, like this, this went a little short of seven minutes. I went three and a quarter. I mean, I, I thought this got fun the last few minutes, like really fun, really good. Um, psychosis had a couple of little shaky spots, but that's kind of psychosis to be honest. Like he's somebody that's very charismatic, but in the yeah. in the uh, like luchadors execution wise, he's going to be a little bit more sloppy. more Um, yeah, I enjoyed this
1: today. Talks about how it was Liger's idea to unify the cruiser titles too. So they're really hyping up that rematch, the the rubber match. Um, the finish was definitely messy, uh, with that nasty bump onto his head off the ropes. Like Mm -hmm. he takes a really hard fall. Mm -hmm. Uh, we do get the word that the Steiners are back together. Scott's back. And they're challenging the Outsiders that sold out. So that's kind mm-hmm. of big news there. That they're mm-hmm. going to be back in the title picture. Uh, I thought the coast was a bit of a mess. The miss is early. Um, but like you said, he's still got good energy and excitement. He works within that construct. Um, and it was a good showcase. Ray's trying to get back to the belt. I thought the back end ramped up for sure, and the crowd is into it. So I went three stars.
0: Okay. Uh, come back from break. Another Weird match is also a quickie. Chavo Guerrero Jr. versus Kevin Sullivan. Sullivan attacks him in his robe. Chavo is able to hit a missile dropkick when Sullivan tries to take the robe off. Uh, we uh, see some footage from the end of the Jarrett versus Benoit yeah, match. Yeah, they fuck up. Jared no, well, Tony first says he wants that.
1: Yeah. And then they screw up and show the NWO attacking yeah. Eddie Guerrero by right. mistake. Right. And then they fix it, yeah. Um.
0: Falls County Anywhere between Sullivan and Benoit is announced for the Clash of the Champions. Uh, Bobby says they could go to the Crusher's house and fight in his lawn because they're in Milwaukee. (laughs) Yeah, he just runs Um, through a bunch of Wisconsin jokes. Yeah, and then uh, Sullivan again wins in two minutes with the trio and the double stomp. Uh, Afterward, he asks where Benoit's at. So I want to start here. Another squash. It was okay for what it was, I guess. I want to start in a half. I like
1: this one. I like angry Sullivan. destroy. This is the Sullivan I want to see, not the cryptic bullshit. Like I like him just murdering Chavo. Um, I like Tony. He always hypes that big week, right? It's Nitro in Chicago, uh, Milwaukee clash, TV taping in Green Bay. And he makes a cool note. He's like, now we know. Like that could be Super Bowl week in Green Bay that we're there. So everyone could be really hyped um, while we're in Wisconsin. So I thought it was cool. Really, he's doing a good job of adding WCW to the NFL and college football. Like making it seem like they're just part of all the excitement going on in sports um, which I think is a cool addition like you just don't hear that shit right now the WF. like they feel like their own world still um, whereas WCW feels like they're trying to elevate themselves uh, to that level they have football players all over the show all the time um, they're talking about they're referencing games you know and again we all the big events at the Superdome oh, it's Super Bowl week we're gonna be in town talking for the Packers Super Bowl like I don't know it's just cool like this it's relatable dude stuff you know like mm-hmm. like oh that's a cool week i might travel out for that like it's something you do now maybe like i don't know if it was as big of a thing back then with the destination stuff but like you know I'm like oh actually that'd be kind of cool to be out there for that week and right whatever they're doing a good job of making themselves at that level
0: uh replay from piper last week getting stretchered out a lot of speculation on what he said <laughs> yeah they uh they played for him to join wcw uh, Alex Wright, who we haven't seen in a while on Nitro, he faces Eddie Guerrero. Uh, handshake sportsmanship to start out. Um, Eddie versus six for the lighter match gets hyped up from sold out. Uh, good action in this match. I thought Eddie kind of went through his progressions, but he hit some high spots and then uh-huh. kind of grounded things in and kept enough things varied. Um, unfortunately, the crowd wasn't really into this one. Um Alex Wright gains the advantage. And, again, I thought it was very in offense. Like, it's a very map-based, like, we're two good guys having a good classic match. Like, this felt right at home on a uh, Jim Crockett Promotions Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling broadcast from 1983 with, you know, Bob Cottle announcing. But um, I enjoyed it for what it was. Six does come out. Uh, He's wearing the U.S. Championship. He has a huge ladder and sits on top of it in the rampway. Um, and then we go to the finish where after a little bit of back and forth, he's able to hit a superplex and a frog splash to get the win. He races down towards the ladder, but Six kind of high-tailed it out. So, again, I thought this was a technically well-executed match that just didn't have very good crowd heat uh, for one reason or another. So, uh, But as a match, I liked it. I went two and three quarters. This
1: is like the first time. This is surprising. It's like the first time all night that we get talk about Hogan and Giant. Like they really didn't touch on it at all till here, which is crazy. That's like one of the biggest stories they got going. Mm-hmm. Um I thought Bobby was good about that. He says how things are playing in a Giants' favor. Today says Hogan's ego has now led to the first cracks in the NWO. And they confirm Giants gonna get the title matches sold out. And Bobby says Giants has been doing dirty work for Hogan. Hogan's been using them, and now like time's come. Mm-hmm. Um you know, Tony talks about what we talked about last episode where he, the Giant's name is still on the belt because Hogan stole it from at Hog Wild. Right. It's shocking that Giant even joined them. He talks about Bash of the Beach 95 when Giant showed up and called out Hogan. Like, I thought they do a really nice job showing that these guys have been at odds for the better part of two years now. And, um, you know, or a year and a half, whatever. And yeah. that it's crazy that Giant even did what he did. And now he's kind of woke up, you know, and Hogan's going to pay. Right. Um, you know, again, a lot of debate about sold out. Tonight says, right. Just came back from a tour of Germany. So I guess that's where he's been. And then into the finish, like you said, I, I thought the match was disappointing. I thought it was kind of slow. Um, I think they purposely is one of those ones where they probably told them, Hey, slow it down and eat like six, seven minutes up so we could talk Hogan giant. It felt like they were just filling time versus like showing off through some of it. Um, you know, I, I thought they should have let them cook a little bit more than they did because you can see they ramp it up at the end when they get the probably the word to move. Um, I thought Wright looked good. I thought Eddie just looked a little shaky, headache, just sold out. Um, you know, he wins late, but whatever. Uh, and the crowd, like you said, the crowd was in. So I went two and a half. I, I was hoping for more.
0: Okay. Uh, Lee Marshall row report. You want to take that away?
1: Yeah, he's in uh, New Orleans. He's hyped. He's hyped about the Super Bowl. He's hyped about Nitro. And he's in a floating riverboat Nitro yeah. party. <laughs> I
0: had some questions about this. So either he has one of the first cell phones or... A
1: riverboat phone?
0: 1997. Felt pretty technologically advanced for what was going on. but no problem. <laughs> He's on a riverboat. Maybe he had them pull
1: off to a dock so he could use the payphone. Oh, okay. Um, but he says he's going to take Bobby for some Bayou Blackened Weasel today giggles and bobby says lee's gonna be found face down on bourbon street <laughs> on uh for nitro so there you go All right
0: there it is um amazing french canadians versus harlem Heat. another feud that's not our favorite but here we go yeah. Back uh up. yeah uh tony lets us know hogan is there tonight still to come bobby asks if they seen the giant neither today or tony has seen him so they don't know Brawl to start away with all four men. Nice double super legs by Harlem Heat on Jock. Um, but uh, they're able to uh, – amazing first Canadians are able to take over in the corner with an advantage. Uh, they start John at Sherry. And then I thought a real good combo was uh, Jock has the Boston Crap here, hits the guillotine leg drop. Um, but then uh, Pierre grabs the flag, accidentally hits Jock with the flag by accident, and then st- – uh, Harlem Heat does the heat bomb uh, to win the match. so I, I mean this kind of felt almost like a blow off in some ways. So I, I don't know, which i'd I'd like but yeah. I'm not sure it is uh, but as a match I thought it was very spirited like more than what I'd seen. Um, it went a good length to it four minutes like it didn't overstay its welcome so I actually went two and a half like I, I didn't mind this I thought I was gonna hate it but it was it was okay. Um, also, Parker and Sherry's actual interaction mm-hmm. with each other wasn't as bad as they have been. No. Because they really, like, grounded matches to a whole. Yeah, and today talks about their year-long story,
1: which is crazy. It's been going pretty much all this time. Uh, this is a good use of the French-Canadians. Strong enough to control, but put over the top teams. Um, you know, Harlem Heat's sliding a bit, so maybe this turns them around. I went two and a quarter. That was fine.
0: All right. Uh, another sold out ad recap of Sting's involvement at the end of Luger versus Giant at Starcade. And then our main event match is Lakes Luger versus Ming. Uh, Luger is very audible tonight. You know, he's a very audible wrestler, but it felt like it was turned up even a little bit tonight. Um, takes a uh, tight right uh, from Ming. You know, nice punches from Ming, and whatnot. Uh, Luger gives him barrage, but Ming kind of shrugs that off and he. Takes it to Luger and looks good in doing so. Shoulder breaker, pile driver, looks absolutely nasty. Um, And then Luger starts mounting his comeback. He hits the loaded forearm. uh, Power slam by Luger. He calls for the rack and is able to get it on. But the referee gets bumped. This brings out the barbarian for some interference. We want Steam Chance come down from the ceiling. Uh, The ref recovers. Sees Barbarian up in the torture rack, but it's kind of disoriented, so he thinks it's, you know, mean calls for the bell. Uh, a little bit of a hokey finish aside, I thought the match was pretty good, actually, making Ming look pretty vicious and I thought Luger was very sympathetic, taking a beating from him, and then his comeback was good. So I went two and a half here, too. I I actually – this overperformed a little bit for me.
1: I like Bobby saying he told Jimmy not to feed the faces of fear unless they win. Uh, That was funny. Uh, Tonight, hype's the return of the signer, so a lot about that. Their first match back together in a while. Um, I really like the shoulder breaker by Ming and the Mm -hmm. pile driver following after it was really nasty. Mm -hmm. And the finish was good too. I mean, yeah, it's barbarian, but it's still impressive that he's racking him. He racked Ming. So, again, he continues to rack the big guys. Um, there's some stuff, stiff offense. I thought the rack looked awesome. Super push for Luger. His energy has been contagious and great. I, I would actually have wanted even more out of this uh, time wise. I've mm-hmm. seen more of Ming's offense. Could have been fun, but I actually went two and three quarters. Yeah. Um, we've kind of liked them before. Back in 95, they had that couple of pay-per-view matches that we liked um so they've they've always had a little bit of sneaky. Chemistry. i guess
0: i'm used to mean just kind of underperforming but yeah. this yeah. i guess is a good pairing uh, our main event promo segment here so this i thought was a pretty good shift in hogan's presentation where we talked about like his crew had been the giant vincent DiBiase and elizabeth usually well, out comes the whole nwo here they each get on the steel WCW and kind of clap Hogan along. Uh Nash does get a little bit more of an entrance like in front of him, but Hogan's the star here. And right next to him is Bischoff. Like we're really phasing out DBIC here. Yeah. Um, so yep. so he's he's definitely coming on the way out because Eric's pretty much the MC for Hogan. Yeah. Bischoff uh, but, really took his spot. I mean, that's,
1: mm-hmm. I mean, we'll still see DBS around and we know he does the announcing it's sold out and stuff, but it feels like DBS, was the mouthpiece, the brains, the money and all that behind everything. And he's kind of redundant with Bischoff. So.
0: Right. Uh, so he uh, talks about Hogan beat Piper twice in one week and also single-handedly beat the giant. Uh, Hogan lets us know he had a big meeting with the Outsiders at Venice Beach. Any of them could single-handedly have an NWO Battle Royale and destroy all of WCW. It was really easy to pump Piper and that no good stinky giant. So back to his whole nickname for the giant, um, which I is annoying, but I I kind of like as a heel. Like, it's, oh, well, it's I guess bad. he's consistent. <laughs> he feels yeah. that
1: way about giant. Why would uh,
0: giant gets pissed at hearing this? He comes rushing out. Bobby, of course, bolts uh, Nash rushes a giant and gets sent to the outside and then Giant just takes out all the NWO members. And this was an awesome segment I didn't remember. Like him going one by one through all uh-huh. the NWO members. He looked very impressive. And the crowd was hot for it. And then it culminates in Nick Patrick getting press slammed from the ring to the outside. Scott Norton was supposed to catch him. Uh, didn't really. like no, it. Really hard, Pat- yeah. Patrick took a pretty nasty bump. Hogan's now left in the ring he cowers Bobby calls him thunderlips um Bobby, you know, says, Bobby had
1: already said see ya, which we should be tracking
0: yes Bobby see us it's every week <laughs> uh Bobby says that you know maybe the giants the man to save wCW uh-huh. giant grabs Hogan's hand and puts him right down to the mat showing his power advantage uh, he signals for the choke slam, but Hogan's able to recover and get a chair, and Hogan lays him out uh, with the chair. Well, so while this, uh, l- let me rewind. Eric Bischoff gives him some like really weak, like four yeah. uh, punches. So Giant's just right with him, and that's when Hogan comes in with a chair. Now Hogan's chair shots sometimes they're good, sometimes they're awful. These were really good. Like he lays into him with these chair shots. Uh-huh. Uh, now it's a gang attack. All of NWO comes in, beats up the giant. Giant's on the floor or on the mat, and Hogan gives him some more nasty chair shots. Hogan and Eric hug, and then I thought this was a great moment where they hold Giant up, and Eric gives him a karate kick. And just uh, Tony's completely disgusted on commentary. And uh, to end the show, now they want to go to the booth. Uh-huh. So they go to the booth. They're kick out Tony and gang. They're really, you know, like hamming it up. And out comes Sting. Sting gets in the ring. He drops the bat down. He whispers something to the giant. NWO will post commentary saying like he's telling them he's a loser. Or he's telling yeah, Nash says he got a Christmas card from it. Sting. Right, right. <laughs> um, so they're still saying like Sting's with them. He's NWO. Then Sting picks up the bat, points it to the NWO and the announce booth, and Nash says, hey, that's the point of approval right there. You know, he's, he's a little bit of a complicated guy, but, you know, he's letting them know that he's on their side, which is pretty funny. Uh, Sting then walks out. The bat's left in the ring, so they say, hey, Vincent, why don't you go down there and go get the bat? And Vincent is just a complete douche going with mm-hmm. this bat. He, char- he charges down, struts around. Susie he goes to get the bat and use it on the Giant, the Giant's able to grab Vincent, recover, beat him up. And then all of the NWO rushes down, and basically the Giant holds him at bay with the yep. bat to end the show. And then in a really cool WCW production moment, we get the show fading out with Sting's picture and the giant in the ring, kind of duality thing. So a really cool uh, ending segment again. Like I think they've really nailed a lot of these fun ending segments, even the stuff you don't remember. Mm -hmm. Um, And this little bridge feud between John and Hogan, I've enjoyed. Yeah, it's been really good. It's very panned, and I've enjoyed it and. They made the giant look like a, a beast and the crowd's way behind him. We'll see what happens. It's sold out, but going well, in they to- have that power void
1: on WCW side, they have the power void. It's like we have Luger's heating up for some, whatever reason, they're not buying in fully yet. Piper's MIA here comes giant.
0: Right. So I like the send in segment a lot.
1: Yeah, it was, it was really good. I um, thought it was great. If you know, he's giant up as the next contender. We know he's going to fight. it sold out now hogan's in some trouble giant you know and him have had their back and forth it's a feud that feels fresh even though we've seen it at least on two you know three pay-per-views really already right Mm -hmm. halloween havoc 95 super brawl and hog wild but it seems fresh again um hogan's more of a height of his powers than he was in august and giants like has real motivation because even august it seemed like yeah i'm just gonna prove to everyone you're not trusting me Um, I'll, I'll get it done. Like he was like kind of cocky young giant. And now he's like fucking pissed off giant, which we Um, haven't really had yet. Um, in this, in this role. Um, so NWO was at their douche thug best and all this. Um, I like that. They're just always overconfident to a fault. They don't care whatever. Like, oh yeah, he's with us, you know? And if he's not, whatever, let's kick the shit off him anyway. Um, and giant stands tall. He survives the attack. So everyone look, got some shine here and it makes you feel that giant's a real threat. Coming up is sold out. So, yeah, great segment to end. Kind of a yeah nitro.
0: Yeah, I mean not their strongest, but a good a good closing segment here.
1: All right, match of the night. I had a Mysterio psychosis. Uh, yep. All right, moment of the night. I had the the end. NWO and Giant. Yep. All right, MVP. I went with Giant. Yep. Okay, shots fired. Uh, I just had Bischoff when he mocked Vince with the, you know, whatever. Anything. Can unbelievable. Happen, whatever yeah, unbelievable.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Road report,
1: we had New Orleans. No Japanese music, no dropped angles. Uh, Final grade, I went 6.5 out of 10. Mm. A little, you know, last week I had a 6, so I thought it was better than that. Uh, But it's still, like, the. it feels like we're back to the kind of shaky format, like we talked about. Like, the match times, things seem a little rushed, things seem squeezed in. We get some random stuff we don't need to see. It feels like the roster's starting to bloat even more, and now they're back to maybe not knowing how to fit some of it in. And we have more NWO stuff than we used to have. So like gonna, we'll see how they get to fitting this all in and giving some time to things as well. I think we have to cut a couple matches out of here. Maybe give others some time. Um, but we'll see. So I think that was my biggest issue was like a couple of the matches under-delivered and then the format, formatics as they say.
0: Yeah, this is one where two hours hurts it. Because um, yeah. there was some blow here and some angles I'm not too interested in that got too much time. So I went six out of ten. I thought it was a fine show um had some high points but even the matches like i know i gave a few matches decent marks but um it was kind of interesting it was an interesting nitro like it wasn't awful some parts were disappointing like one segment i thought was great but it's just it was an interesting nitro i'll leave it at that six out of ten
1: All right, let's get to our combo awards here. It it stinks that Raw underperformed, or not over, but it was the usual. They had an opportunity. Yeah, they had a chance to really kind of maybe steal one from Nitro here, uh, being kind of down. It felt too like, I guess, one thing we didn't talk about, they're really all in on the Superdome show on the 13th. Yeah. See why uh, on top of it. So it felt like this was really a holding pattern episode. We kind of had the Starcade Fallout. Now we have like this weird in between. Because we have the big show in the Superdome. We got the one in Chicago. We we got sold out. We got the one in Chicago. We get the clash.
0: Flash, yeah. So there's like there's a, lot a lot coming. coming yeah.
1: So like the next four shows that we're gonna hit on are big ones. Yeah. And this felt like okay, or or five shows. And this felt kind of like, you know, all right, it's just kind of nudged in between them right, us. right. So all right, uh, but Night Show still the best show. Uh Mysterio Psychosis still the best ma- uh best match. Yep. Uh NWO attacks a giant.
0: Yeah, I would say that one's pretty close though, because yeah. uh, Sid's power bombing Pete mm-hmm. was also very good. Metro commentary. Yeah, yeah, it's actually, really good. good night on commentary. I'd say, like Bobby did the Cia, but otherwise, he wasn't as annoying as he has been.
1: No, definitely not. You like Giant for MVP still? Mm-hmm. Okay, and then Nitro wins the ratings.
0: Yeah, not not as definitively though. I mean, last week they killed them three point six to one point six. This week three to two point one. So you know .9 ahead, but Nitro went down .6 and Raw went up point five. You
1: figure coming off the. I mean the night after Sarcade was gonna be a little bump probably and yeah. Into the new year people stuff, yeah. shit going pretty, on. Or whatnot, pretty so. pretty
0: pretty uh, interesting spread there. Yeah.
1: All right. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Uh we'll touch on the one thirteen week of T V. It's the go home for the Rumble and it's a very um no, going for Sold Out or Rumble? Yeah, going for the, the Go Rumble. Go for Rumble, yeah. And a very big Nitro. Very big Nitro. So we've yeah. got a lot to, lot to cover on that for sure. Um, so for sure check out everything we have in North South Connection. Like I said, if you watch our YouTube, thank you. Subscribe, leave us a comment. Uh, subscribe on our podcaster apps as well. well. Talk to you in a couple weeks.
0: As a craver, monotone, chilling up the jazz. so get your own. Smoking on repeat, because they try to dupe me of the best of the back but they can't do it. It's abstract, original You can't get your own And that's pitiful I know I'd be the man If I cold yank the plug on R&B But I can't And that's wrong